0: at the heart of Ulfen Khan. This once great city
1: is now a charnel house. Its people are enslaved, brutalized and harvested. Their broken bodies raised up to serve the city's cruel master in death. We will not allow this desecration to continue this wolf you are not the first monster we have hunted Mike.
0: Hi, I'm Emma. This
1: is episode 97 Cursed City. We recently got our hands on a copy of Cursed City from we did. Games Workshop.
0: Mm, apparently it was ordered ages ago. Look.
1: <laughs> I really have to say thank you to Emperor for coming up with a copy. They sold out instantly and were then discontinued by Games Workshop and then I got a notification saying there was one available and it turned Nabbed up it. like 4 days later. So super excited. Yep. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about our first game and learning experience today Which we've literally just finished playing Mm -hmm. And we've got three kids champing at the bit, or at least one, maybe two Who are keen to play more The third's probably okay with playing it, but she's less enthusiastic
0: No, actually I think we'd be surprised Really? Mm -hmm.
1: Okay So before we dive into the Cursed City and the Warhammer Age of Sigmar setting The news today is all 40k Okay, So it's going to be a nice balanced episode. Beautiful. <laughs> and we've got a bit to talk about. Um,
0: That's unlike us. We've
1: got a couple of model releases. We've got a new box release coming, uh, which we did a, a video about, which we'll talk about in a minute. And uh, then we'll get stuck into Curse City. So um, before we do, we, uh, we have uh, the new Grey Knight previews already available mm-hmm. with the new Castle and Crow model. Yeah. So I think there's the, there we go. So I've got both the original and the new version up on the screen for Emma. Mm -hmm. Um, This is for the forthcoming Grey Knights Codex, which based on everything I'm assuming we'll get sometime in August because the Beast snaggers for Orcs, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, The box is released mid-July or pre-orders, I think mid-July, and then releases in July and then the separate Codex I'm assuming will be in August as well. So, what do you think? This is the new on Crow. For those of you not familiar, Crow first appeared in 5th edition. Yeah, 5th edition or 4th edition? Okay. 4th edition.
0: previous edition.
1: Uh, 40K. And he was in metal at the time. And has up until this model releases will be available in Finecast. Uh, he then comes in a new multi-part plastic kit. So, the model's now probably 10 years old. Hmm. Probably a little bit, even a little bit more potentially, without knowing the exact date. It's at least 10 years old. And going to plastic, they've actually kept, if you look at the details, a lot of his detail is is there. Hmm. Leg arm is the same. if you
0: give me a second to answer the what do you think before you then continue to talk, did you want to know what I think or not? What do you think? (laughs) No, no, it's fine. You keep talking. You tell me what I think. No, go on. Um, uh, basically I was just gonna say the same thing. Obviously there's they've kept I can I think it looks like it's gonna be a lot bigger than the old version. Um and they but a lot of the details, I guess, remain very similar. Um and you can certainly tell that it's the same model. So um I much prefer the new sword. Interesting choice that it doesn't have a helmet. Does it come with a helmet option?
1: Yes it does. All right, Fab. There you yeah. go. Uh
0: scroll down again. Yeah, in general I think it's a very Similar model.
1: There's lots of little tweaks that I've noticed because I, I used to have a metal version of this model until I gave it to a friend of mine years ago now. Curse mm-hmm. Brett. I wish I'd kept it. Um, you can't keep everything. <laughs> so the storm Stormbolt on his wrist has gone from a box-fed magazine to a belt-fed that runs behind his back with the exposed mm-hmm. rounds, which is an interesting choice. I think I would have preferred the box-feed rather than the ammo belt. Um, the sword's obviously a lot more detailed mm. with sort of howling faces in the black flame, which is kind of cool. The tome on his hip's still there. Um, even the new helmet compared to the old helmet still has the wiring in the side yeah. of it, which is a nice touch. They've updated the top of his back banner, changed the, the symbol there.
0: To be fair, that's probably the biggest change.
1: It is. There's just lots of little tweaks. Like yeah. he's he's got that sort of heraldric shield now on his left shoulder pauldron, which doesn't appear on the original model.
0: I don't know. I kind of think... I like that they're keeping the some of the similar aesthetics and that you can obviously tell that it's the same model. But at the same time, if you've waited 10 years for an update, maybe it should be a bit more drastic than
1: this. Well, the other thing I've noticed just now is that the Storm Bolter um, actually has a like a clamp that wraps around the gauntlet on his mm. right hand, whereas all the 5th the edition plastic, or 4th edition plastics, it's just kind of stuck there. mm So, there's lots of little extra details they've added, which I really appreciate. I
0: think our son has a um, pair of Spider Man web web shooters. shooters (laughs) In fairness, that was probably about eight years ago that he had those. (laughs) Probably.
1: Uh, You mentioned that he does look considerably bigger. Mm. I think he will be bigger. I think that heroic scaling is going to happen as we go. But at the same time, part of the issue with this model, when I've seen the photos compared with the standard plastics, He's on a big mountain again, and he's not doing the standard Space Marine squat. Uh, His legs and pose are more upright, mm. whereas a lot of the older plastics, particularly through 4th and 5th edition, have the Space Marines quite wide stance, knees bent, bent at the waist as well. So they look like they're half squatting. And I don't think we're quite used to seeing upright Marines. So uh, he probably will be half a head or a head bigger, but I don't think it'll be drastically a problem. I hope.
0: What size base do you think he's on?
1: That'll be a forty, is my guess. Compared to twenty-five on the old model.
0: I mean, he's falling off the old base.
1: Yeah, I mean, most of the marines unofficially got updated to thirty-two mil, mm. but I reckon that's a forty based on.
0: Well, based on the size of the rock that he's standing on and that kind of thing, yeah, I would have thought I would have thought a forty as well.
1: It'll be interesting. I I'm really keen to see the rule. I've got two granite armies, so.
0: I'm not sure if everybody heard my eye roll there. <laughs> if you didn't hear it, let me just do it again.
1: I actually have three technically. but um, Really? Yeah. <laughs> just to get the, that smirk on my face, you mm. know, just to, to go with your eye roll. Mm. But uh, they haven't given us a date for the release of this. They just said Grey Knight's coming. There you go. There's a, a photo of them side by side. And you can see that there's quite a squat pose on – if you scroll down, I'll link this article – um, on the Games Workshop website, a lot of the Grey Knights are very wide stance, knees bent, and it's quite a squatting yeah, sort of pose. That
0: particular one that you're pointing out looks a bit like an Elvis dance. Yeah. So <laughs> it's an interesting Whereas he's for he's poses. very
1: straight. And if you kind of, you know, he is definitely going to be taller, but he's not going to be, I don't think, massively taller. Mm. But that base makes it hard to tell.
2: Mm.
1: But we know Grey Knights are coming, and we also know the Thousand Suns aren't far behind. We haven't any previews for Thousand Suns yet.
0: So I'm sure they won't be far behind
1: Yep Moving on Um, We finally got a full preview of the Beast Snagger Orcs release That is coming Mm -hmm. Um, This is And we're As of recording this We're slowly starting seeing Some of the rules Releases on the Warhammer community site as well Which we're not going to dive into Mm -hmm. too much I wanted to touch base on this set Mainly because I've seen a lot of people online complaining So this
0: is the kill team
1: No, no We haven't got the kill team yet The kill team is the last thing So this is the new Orc Codex and okay. um, the new box release that goes alongside that. Yeah, it was that. the cards that threw me off. <laughs> so the box itself comes with, um, I think it's 26 models. It's 20, okay. 20 boys, the new um, uh, weird, not weird boy, um, run herd. And then three squig riders, a squig boss and a bomb squig.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. the bomb squig's important. Arguably the most important model in the box.
0: It depends who's arguing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, 20 B snagger boys, three squig hog boys, a knob riding a smasher squig, and a fan-favourite run herd. And it's then 25.
0: the squig. Oh, 26.
1: Oh, bloody hell, I've just been accosted by a bird.
0: <laughs> it's a budgie, and it's like, it's our budgie. It's not. Well, it's not our budgie, but it's like belongs in our house.
1: <laughs> I didn't like the headphones. Um... So, you're getting all the new models, and it's not all the new models they're releasing, because we've seen previews of other stuff, but it is yeah. the core of the new range. Mm-hmm. You're getting the limited edition codex, the new set of transfers, and the new data cards box, with 52 data cards, which is stratagems and psychic powers and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Best guess, it goes in pre-order, I think, tomorrow at time of recording on the 17th. Mm-hmm. And I believe, and I haven't seen a price for it, I believe it'll be that sort of 260 to 290 range box. Yeah, I imagine so. And I've seen a bunch of people going, oh, it's terrible, it's this, it's that, because, you know, I don't want this, I just want the Codex. And mm-hmm. kind of, this, this feels a lot like the Sisters of Battle release, mm-hmm. they got at the tail end of 8th, where yeah. there were going to be a, a percentage of players, and from the sounds of it, it's a very limited pool of players, because from all the rumours I've seen circulating, only sort of one or two are going to most stores, let alone local gaming stores.
2: Mm.
0: But, look, that's tricky because that is a rumour. So we've no idea whether or not that's actually accurate.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, there's been um, emails published from U- US retailers saying they're only getting one. So, is that
0: US GW um, no, Warhammer no. stores? No, this or is local, local gaming, gaming stores. stores. Yeah.
1: And it's going to create another situation like the with the sisters where there's going to be some players who have the new book and some players who don't. Mm. And we, I am praying that this standard book is out by the time we hit WATC yeah. in September. God damn it better be. <laughs> um, and the other thing with this is it doesn't feel like a starter box. This is This is a splash release box of, hey, get a limited codex, the cards, and a bunch of the new models early. This isn't, an army that uh, this isn't a box you buy to start the army mm. because there's a whole bunch of more models that are coming this is the hype box basically get your mm. codex early so
0: I'm not a huge fan of that
1: no then that's kind of what I wanted to, to talk about this because we saw it with this This is a battle book mm. where the limited release codex came out in November
0: Oh gosh, I can't... Honestly, I don't even know...
1: I think it was 2019 November.
0: I was sitting in a meeting the other day and talking about the term that we had coming up and, you know, whatnot. And then I was like, oh my goodness, we're on term three. had been planning everything for term four and thinking, oh, we've got to be careful because coming up to Christmas, I've just gained three months. It's amazing. <laughs> so don't ask me when that came out I, I, think cause I have was, no idea. I think it was November of
1: 2019. Is. And we didn't get the actual codex until like February or something. It was a long gap. Because yeah. the full model range came out significantly later than those push-fit yeah. models. So, I'm really hoping we don't have a repeat of that. Yeah, I'm, because not a, I'm not a fan of it. Like, do the splash release codex with the book and all the rest of it. And then, um, you know, give us the book two, four weeks later, maybe?
0: Mm. Yeah, max.
1: Because the sad part of this is it feels like it's, a, it's creating a sense of false urgency for a, a product. It's... Like, they know there's a limited number of them, but they also must be aware that there's only so many people who play Orcs. So by creating this sense of, oh, you know, buy the box now to get the new Codex because you don't know when your new Codex is coming type, like, does it feel a little bit off?
0: A little bit over a barrel type thing? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I, yeah. And I think that because there is a limited, well, supposedly... There's a limited release, so a limited number that are going out to Warhammer stores and a limited number going out, or if any. So I know that's the rumour I heard, that most local gaming stores weren't actually getting any at all. So there's going to be very few going out to Warhammer stores and yeah, none going out to local gaming stores. So I think then, yeah, it does create that urgency as well. And it's just... It just... It feels
1: yuck. Look, releasing the Codex a Week... Two weeks later, I think it'd be fine if they came out and said, "Hey, get it early, have it a week or two before everyone else." I think that's fine. Oh,
0: uh, yeah. I guess I kind of think we've seen we've seen them done these um, do these special release codexes before, where it's got a different cover art or you know whatever. Yeah, but
1: normally it's the same release.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so make it special because of what's in the box don't make it special because we're actually we're going to withhold this um, this codex from you and so actually you can't play your army until you buy you buy the codex and we're not going to tell you when this codex Well is being obvi- obviously
1: people can still use their old codex.
0: Well can they? If they come to a tournament can they use well, their old is, codex? Well this and this
1: is the issue we had with Yeah, exactly. Sisters so they can't.
0: If you, I mean if you're playing against friends then you make up your own social contract and you do whatever you want. So yes, if you're playing against friends then Obviously, you're going to use your old codex. But if you're coming to events, then for, for us as tournament organisers, what are we supposed to say? Oh, sorry, because only 12 people in the state were able to buy this. We've decided that you've got to run the old codex. Yeah, exactly. Like that's not a good position for us to be in. Because no, how terrible. is that fair? And what happens if the people who have, like you said, it's not a starter box, but what if you're starting an army, you've been playing for 15 years and decided that you want to pick Start up this an army. army now? Yeah. So, in some ways, it is a starter box for some people, perhaps.
1: Well, yeah. I don't think it's intended as a starter.
0: I know what you meant. Yeah. What I'm just saying is that what happens if you don't have a previous codex? So, now you can't play with your new army.
1: Well, the other hurdle that you also get with these models is we know that the individual models in this box will come out separately. They always have. Mm. But how long the timing is is another matter entirely. And with production in Nottingham still down not out but it's still at no, reduced capacity. they are
0: back to normal now, aren't they?
1: I don't know. I was talking about this with someone else and I know that at its low point they were down at like 25% of output because what? of the condition like the social distancing and all the other rules that they had in place. Mm. Um but at the same time from everything I'm hearing at the moment they're probably closer to 75 or 80% because they they gave up one of their new warehouses to Amazon over the like the space they
0: yeah. <laughs> Amazon must have yeah yeah they must have needed it
1: <laughs> so i reckon it'll be a year before we it, once games workshops running at full capacity and assuming there's no other shutdowns so you're
0: suggesting they're at 75% capacity because they don't have warehouse space and things like that yeah i yeah. i
1: actually think it's likely it'll be a year before we get back to a situation where if you want something your wait time at worst is 1 to 2 weeks not 3 to 5 months mm. And that'll obviously speed up their release schedule because I'm wondering if this box is being released this way with a delay between the codex release and obviously all the new models that have to go with it because of the intellectual property issues they've had. Is it done just because they can go, we've previewed it all, it's all coming, you know it's all coming, but we've only got so much of this stuff produced. So how do we put it out there and recover some of those costs now without damaging things for later on?
0: then you make the codex available via electronic download.
1: But they've just killed all that. The only way you can get it now is in the app. And I was this is another conversation I had with someone around this very topic. No, but you're
0: saying, how can we do this? That's one way that you can do it. So it's ridiculous to say, oh, we've got to do this because we don't have production. Well, if you don't have production abilities, start doing things electronically and digitally.
1: And that's where that we, and that's what we th- we all thought they were going to do for ninth edition when they started talking about the app, mm. but they've not really done that. They've still encouraged you to buy hardback books and look. Well, you
0: have to buy hardback books, otherwise you can't get the code for the app.
1: Exactly. Whereas, and we we said this when they were talking about it, literally a dozen episodes or more ago before before they released ninth. If they wanted to charge fifteen to twenty dollars Australian a month, I suspect most people would pay it if it just gave you the all full the game. Boxes. Yeah. Cool, here's I, I pay that subscription.
0: Oh look, I don't know. I think that people you know, people go, oh, well I only play one army, so therefore this is costing me twenty bucks a month compared to seventy dollars for a codex. What am I paying for the other eight months for?
1: Yeah, I suppose.
0: So I think you're gonna get both, but I don't see why you couldn't do a, a model where you can either go, it's twenty dollars a month and you get everything, or you pay Say for example, ten dollars, sixty dollars as a one-off payment, and you get to download that Codex into your app.
1: Why well, not um, different subscription models? You know, War Room for War Machine during Mark II. I don't know what it's like these days, but when you War Room itself was free, mm. and all the starter sets for all of the different factions were in War Room for free. Yeah, um, the Army Builder worked with only those units. Mm-hmm. Actually that's not true. I should say it worked for your entire army but unless you paid for the unlock, you couldn't get their damage charts and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So you could kind of use it and kind of couldn't. And then it was I think 20 bucks a faction or you could buy the entire thing for about $90. Yeah. And I thought that was a great sort of profile because it went cool, I can try it before I buy it. Yeah. It's $0 and then when I if I only play retribution, cool, I spend my 20 bucks and I get my retribution and we're done. If, on the other hand, you go, oh, look, you know what? I only play Ret, but I'll probably end up picking up Menoth and I'll probably end up picking up Legion of Everblight, and I'll probably end up picking up Mercenaries.
0: Or I'd actually just like to be able to read the other codexes to find out how my army might go against them. War Machine. not codexes, but, you know, whatever they are. Um, No,
1: they didn't include that. They just gave you the stat cards. So, you didn't get the faction rules and everything like that, but you do, you got the, the core stuff. Yeah. But even so, I think that sort of model, being able to download the app for free and then buy into it what you need, would make more sense.
0: I can understand that that obviously takes time in order to develop something like that. Particularly if so, they're
1: still writing codexes that don't exist.
0: Yeah. So... It doesn't have to even be that difficult. Like, what's why can't you just do this available via Kindle or available well, via, the, you know, Audible or not Audible, but you know what seventh, I mean? Seventh. However, you can buy books electronically these days.
1: Well, Seventh was in iBooks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Eighth ever hit iBooks. Maybe it did. I'm not sure. Um, and you could buy either the PDF version mm. or you could buy the enhanced version. And the enhanced version was um hyperlinked between different pages so yeah. all the all the weapons and keywords you could touch on and it yeah. would bring it up and show you what that meant and link you to the right pages and all that sort of stuff and it was very clever and it worked really well yeah and it was i think 10 bucks cheaper to go the flat pdf mm. so it made no sense the problem was what they were charging for the enhanced version was only about 5 bucks cheaper than the hardback
0: yeah, but you can't get the hardback yeah so wouldn't you pay it
1: i don't know I, I'm really conflicted by it because I think going digital has to be the way they move because they're finally responding. And it, uh, someone was complaining, they're releasing too many things too quickly. It's ridiculous. And I went, mm. is, this, is this your first rodeo? Because we went for...
0: Well, then there's other people complaining that they're not releasing it fast enough. So yeah. Can, yeah.
1: And I, I just said to him, well, you know, would I love it to go digital to try and make, like streamline this whole process? Yes but do I like the tactile nature of being able to open a book and physically read it without the LED blue light behind it yeah I find it much easier to read a book than I yeah, do to we're read a old. tablet
0: so we're yeah, definitely I much prefer to have paper in my hand yeah so yep yeah, that's but if there's pa- not paper available because they've clo- you know they're working at limited capacity and they don't have the you know even the fact that where they get it printed that's isn't um, available It's back to China now so, well, I'm not sure how things are going over in China as far as they can get things printed.
1: Uh, well, the, so- la- the last preview copies we got, which were Sisters of Battle and the second, uh, the Book of Fire, which Games Workshop supplied to us for preview, mm. um, were both, say, printed in China on the back And then where there was a period in time, though, that we were getting yeah, books that said printed in, in Nottingham. Nottingham.
0: My point is, though, that if production at the print house is down, then... There are ways that you can get products out there. Yeah. So, you know, with you going, oh, well, how do we recoup some money on this? Well, it doesn't. It's no harder to get things out there electronically. So, saying, okay, well, you can, you know, you can think, buy this box, or two weeks later, you can buy the codex.
1: I think part of it also stems, and I, I feel, or like, you
0: can wait eight weeks and you can get the hardback.
1: I feel like the reason a lot of this stems from the way. Gw have created their app, is around the piracy issues that they had.
0: Yes, exactly, and I was just going to say that because if you can buy it in iBooks and there's nothing to a stopping. PDF, He's screenshotting every single page and
1: well, there was there was an extractive program inside iTunes that could um, uh, iBooks that could convert it to a PDF. You could put on your computer, and as soon as it's on your computer, mm. then you can do what you like with it. You
0: can keep a copy of that anywhere in the world. Yeah,
1: and I, I part of me wonders whether they've gone. Yeah, we're going to do away with that as a concept. Mm just to try and minimize the piracy issues yeah. and it's all coincided with the time during shutdown when they're obviously producing less books because the authors and writers and editors and all the rest of it are working from home and in separate offices and it's all sort of coincided in one moment in time but i do i yeah i do struggle i don't really know how to handle the that for our tournaments, we've got a tournament first of August. Mm. This box will be in people's hands before the first of August, and I don't know what to do about that. Me neither. Because if someone, if we get two orc players and one rocks up with this book and one rocks up with the other book, well, I don't, I don't even know what to do with that. No. So, because the points values will be different, yeah. The stat cards, the data sheets, everything. So yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's one for us to figure out. Yeah. The last one, though, is we were told to stay up very late one night Mm. to watch a preview video. Mm. It worked out to be 1 a.m. our time. Mm -hmm. And we were going to be very excited. And we were very excited, but 1 a.m. is not a time that... um... No. (laughs) It was a struggle. Let's put it that way. We should have waited till the morning, watched it in the morning and recorded it in the morning. Yeah. But we didn't.
0: Our house is very busy in the morning. Yeah.
1: No kids and everything else. It was it was good. So we got a preview of um, the Octarius box set, which is the new Warhammer Kill Team. Yes. If you haven't watched the trailer, go and check it out. Because the trailer's awesome. Mm. Two-minute trailer. A lot of fun. Now I
0: have uh, had to uh, mute the Kill Team um, groups that I'm in.
1: Oh, they're losing their minds. I, I- which is kind of what I want to talk about. There's I've got two articles here. so.
0: Can I just get this out? Sure. If you don't like a game to the point of venomment like spitting hatred and vitriol, why are you in a group that's dedicated to
1: it? Uh, that, that goes for pretty much every I just group don't understand in Facebook it. ever.
0: Like, it is a group dedicated to Kill Team and there are people on there going, talking about, GW ripping people off and this being a huge, you know, all of these kinds of things and encouraging people to play a different game. Leave the group, buddy. Yeah. This isn't the group for you. This is a group for people who like Kill Team.
1: Look, I mean... The, this is not
0: rocket science.
1: The release of Pariah Nexus, and that was a little while ago, but it does feel more recent than it should, hmm. um, kind of rounded out the last of the rules for the old version of Kill Team. So in theory, if you've bought everything up to Pariah Nexus and you can get your hands on a copy of Pariah Nexus or even just the books, you can continue playing the old version of Kill Team without any problems because you've mm-hmm. got the full set. Mm-hmm. This relaunches Kill Team in a much more War Cry way where it's no longer 40k rules on a smaller scale. It's actually a more of a board game. Yeah. The box itself, which we, we didn't get a, a, a visual of until everyone else we got on at the same time you guys did, mm. with the plastic death core of Krieg and the new plastic or commandos. I don't know if you've seen many of these models.
0: I haven't, but I have seen, I'm just actually thinking about some of the things that people were complaining about in the Kill Team group before I muted it because I couldn't cope with it. <laughs> and one of them, one of the issues that they had was around the symbols that were on the cards. Yeah, I'm just, we're going to talk I about, thought about it that thought was in really a interesting because um, that seems to actually link to the Cursed City that we played. Yeah. Very it, similar... Symbols that were on there. Yeah. So it made me wonder whether or not they're moving towards using those symbols for all of their new box games that they're going to be releasing.
1: Well, I think the Curse City one... The Curse City, which again, I we'll suppose we'll talk about later in yeah. terms of the symbols, um, is nowhere near as many symbols as what they've previewed for Kill Team.
0: Yeah, um,
1: then again, I've actually seen some really good descriptions of why. But let's talk about the box mm. first, and then we'll talk about the the article about the five things you need to know. Okay, good. So, we've got the Deathcore of Krieg models, which um, have been slowly disappearing from Forge World for a while now. And you can mm. only assume that we will be getting more than just this unit of, unit of 10 okay. Guardsmen. So, um, these are multi-parts. They're not snap fits, ah. because they've shown off the sprues. Cool. And they've shown a couple of different photos of them as well with different weapons and payloads and that sort of stuff. So, it is definitely a multi-part kit. So, there is some variety in terms of what you can do with it. Mm-hmm. So, the first preview we got was a demolitions expert, a sergeant, there's a medic. Um,
0: is the s- medic actually a model or you just get the...
1: No, no, you can see he's got the right, syringe.
0: He's no, just looking at the kit. Oh, like the, the, the bag. bag. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, does that come with a model as well? No, he's
1: got a bone saw and a, you know, all the med bits and pieces there, which is um, nice little touches. And a syringe pulling something out of a a tube on his in his other hand. Are you looking very confused at that?
0: It's a long way away, and I'm trying to work out what it is that he's actually doing.
1: It looks like he's drawing a syringe. Yeah. Like like when we give medicine to the kids where you use one of those rubber syringes out of... Uh... I can tell what it yeah.
0: is. It's all right. I don't need you to describe <laughs> it. I know. I understand what a syringe is, but thanks. So okay, you... I don't understand what that is. Go back one. Which one? What's he got in his hand there? There? Yeah. It looks
1: like a book or a map of some sort. A map is my guess. And he's a comms... It's like a sock, com, comms <laughs> sock <really>. puppet. Sock <laughs> puppet. And it even looks like a flare gun because he's got these giant shells in his hand and a, like a radar. or um, I think from memory that's actually a Geiger counter that they all wear. Mm. Um, we've got one here with a, a bionic hand and medals and that sort of stuff. One running, one reciting stuff for the Emperor from a book. The one with a stick grenade... Everyone says it should be a shovel, but that was more of a meme. I said the same thing. It would have been nice to see at least one with a shovel just as a nod to the fans. But um the fact these are multi-part with lots of options on the sprue is great. Yeah. Then we get the orc commandos. And I love the fact that the orcs from the video mm. are the orcs we get in mm. this. And again, multi-part. They've shown more these aren't snap fits. Yeah. So you get the the boss with a giant power claw, which we see. And his little grot with a um, a grappling gun, which I really like.
0: I like the grot.
1: The bomb squig faithfully recreated Mm. from the trailer, which
0: I imagine makes me very happy. Well, see, to me, rather than Mm. I would imagine that being the other way around. So they've got the model and they create the trailer from the model, rather than they create the model. I I don't care. I don't
1: care whether the chicken or the egg came first in this scenario. I'm just glad at the fact that everything they everything they did matched. We've got the, the commando, the double knife commando with another knife in his mouth nice. and scarred and all evil looking. There's there's one with a tri-barrel shooter with a beanie on, mm. which I, I think is both soccer hooligan and cool at the same time. Do you
0: know what would make that one step better? What? If he was wearing a GoPro.
1: <laughs> there's a challenge for you out there. Yeah, there's not. <laughs> um, I might have to buy the kit myself. Uh, we started getting some special weapon previews as well. There's this big sort of jackhammery style combat weapon. I don't really know how to describe it, other than it looks like a big sort of battering ram. I was going to
0: say, I, think I would call it a battering ram rather than a jackhammer. Mm,
1: fair enough. Uh, and a new rocket launcher, some sort of energy weapon. I don't know whether it's... A, like, it, it could be a plasma coil. I don't know. It's definitely an energy weapon of some kind.
0: It looks like a broken energy weapon.
1: <laughs> the new flamer and... I'm not sure whether this awkward. What do you think of that flamer. I always hate when they put the flame and smoke yeah, effects on don't. things. I don't
0: mind the smoke effects normally, but that flame.
1: Uh, look, it's plastic, and it'd be easy to cut that off and then just drill out the the holes to make it like a just a standard nozzle. Mm. I I don't mind the little pilot I don't mind light. The little one. The yeah. pilot light seems okay, but the the active flames just seem a bit weird.
0: Especially when you see, like, going back to what we were talking about previously with. Um, the new model, that's the Grey Knight. Yep. With the sword, like just so much better. And then you see the fire like that. And I think really.
1: See, I think the black black flame works for the Grey Knight for different reasons for me because it is this sort of magic, ethereal. Whereas this is something that we experience in real life. Like if you've ever played around with a pilot light and a a blowtorch, and I know you have. Yes, I have. <laughs> We also get an orc, which... I don't know whether that's meant to be a sniper rifle or an orc. Surely automa- not. <laughs> well, it's an orc. You never know. Um, it definitely looks automatic and bell-fed, but at the same time, it's got two scopes. Mm-hmm. So you can never quite tell with an orc. These commandos, though, are are very special forces-looking orcs. They, they, You know, they've got ropes on their belts and they've got, you know, different, like, paraphernalia that they're carrying into battle. So they mm-hmm. feel like they belong in the kill... Like... The, the beanie head is just that 1940s, 50s um, Hogan's Heroes. Like, I
0: don't know. I actually think it's still even quite um, Jason oh, Statham-ish. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But, I mean, Orcs started as soccer hooligans, essentially, way back when. And this just brings me right back to some of those roots with the beanie. Mm. So, I really, really like these. I think they're great models. And the fact there are so many varieties and they're multi-part means we'll get the opportunity to customize them even more. Mm. So then the bit I was most excited to see, believe it or not, is the new terrain. Mm. They've closed the doors and windows. Oh, my holy heart sings. Holy fecking hell, this is amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> we are getting as part of the Octarius sector, they give you orc terrain. Mm -hmm. Now, there are little barricades, there are big barricades, there are, like, this is a clearly kill team train for the majority of it because it's designed for single models. But we do get four small buildings that are solid Mm. with no windows. There might be one window on one of them, but you can clearly see doors are closed. Mm. So we actually get proper line of sight blocking. I'm praying that this set has more to it that they can sell as a 40k sector because this represents perhaps the first time they've done a set of terrain that would work for standard 40k and i like it it's really interesting yeah it's it's not flat walls there's a lot of opportunities to do things with the shapes and the colors and the textures and assuming that they can go bigger than just the one like if there's bigger buildings that they can build out of this Mm. stuff assuming it's modular like the other sets this could be a great way of doing a really cool orcified city Mm. But we'll wait and see, I suppose.
0: Because that's my big thing with the terrain that we've got at the moment. I don't like it. It bores me.
1: Yeah. And it's, it, it, as organisers, it's a hard one to walk between practicalities of the table mm. and the cost for the, the terrain. The cost is a huge thing.
0: Oh, look, the cost is, but also the options.
1: Yeah, there is that as well. Because, so Oh, anyway, another topic. Um, so you are getting dice, combat gauges, tactical ops cards, uh, one of the 30 by 22 game boards. And then the buildings and terrain, plus the two commando teams, the books.
0: By game board, it means piece of cardboard, doesn't
1: it? It's not gridded, but it is...
0: It's not gridded? No. Because Kill Team was gridded last time, wasn't it?
1: No, that's Necromunda on the boards. So we are also going to get a new Warzone book that ties in um, Octarius 40k, which features Tyranids and Orcs, and other bits and pieces, and then obviously we're also getting the new orc releases. Oh, that's so. so we're going to awesome. talk about <laughs> we're going to talk about these now because I don't think Emma's seen these.
0: I haven't. I love it.
1: So the fir- the first one is the kill rig, um, with the weird boy on top, and the giant. I don't even know what this squig is called. Me neither. Tram- trampler squeak. <laughs> trampler squeak. And there's rocket launchers and gun turrets and chainsaws on the side and chainsaw arms out the side. I think this model is all Mad Max. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I want one with a goth rock band on it because then it would be full Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The one thing I don't like about this model, mm. the way they painted it.
0: Do you know it's so funny? I was like, oh, I really like it. But the whatever that thing at the front the is. The trampler squig? It has to be painted as like a big white sow.
1: I really don't like the white armour they've put on all this. Well,
0: I will admit, because I am sat quite a distance from the screen, I was looking at it going... Has it been digging in the snow? <laughs> so, it took me a while to work out that it was armour.
1: I really think that that white armour in a darker tone,
0: because
1: mm. um, you've got all that bright green on the orcs and you've got a fairly pale squig, and if you brought the red on all the teeth and stuff up rather than being magenta and brought them up to red mm. and then went dirty grey or brown or even steel on the armour, I think that would work really well. But as it stands. I
0: mean, I'd get someone else to do it.
1: (laughs) I just think the white detracts from it because you've got this really white, white. Mm. And yes, it's chipped and damaged here and there, but it still looks too pristine. Too nice. Yeah. It's a beautiful paint job, but I don't necessarily like the colour scheme. So we've got a couple of different, you know, we've got grots hiding in different tubes. Oh,
0: how cool.
1: There's so many little details on here. It's brilliant. So much going on. There is an alternate build of it, which is no, um, that's cool. Basically, it's for those. It's a hunter rig, and it trades off the weird boy tower for another gun turret. And I believe that empty platform at the front is actually going to give it transport capacity. Mm. The way it reads is, they can carry it. It um, grab handles to transport hollering mobs of their clan mates into battle. So I'm assuming it becomes a transport at that point. Mm. So if you do like it and you want to run more than three of the the, the were boy kill rigs, you can get more. But uh, that's only me guessing at that point. Oh,
0: bu- what's next?
1: So we get the beast snagger uh, war boss with his targeting squig on his shoulder, mm. with its targeting reticle for an eyeball. And he's a very sort of feral half... He's a beast boss, is his official title. He's sort of half modern with cybernetic arms and stuff, and then big half talons made of bone and all sorts of stuff going on. He's quite a complex
0: Yes, he is.
1: very textured model as well. There's a lot going on. I like it. I still love the targeting squeak. Yeah. That's my favorite. And uh,
0: Has he got Ah, oh, okay.
1: Well, nothing. What was the question? I'm not admitting it. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, We then get the new piece of Orc terrain, which I really like as well. Mm. It's the severed head of a Gargant. (laughs) Jesus. And basically, it's the Orc command center, um, which is when a Gargant gets destroyed, they don't let it go to waste, so they use it as a a building. If this goes with more terrain, it'll be fantastic. Mm. I'm really hoping this is more than just what we've seen so far, I'm really hoping for more because it will make such a great-looking table. We then get the great white squig.
0: I'm not a fan. (laughs) You don't like this? No.
1: So this is... I like the dude on the back. This is Mozrog and Big Chomper.
0: I like the name.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You don't like the squig? No. No? Why is that? Is it because it's white? I think so. It's interesting that they've gone that sort of great white shark because he's obviously got that grey yeah. top half and then the white underbelly, which yeah. is very shark. Maybe it's the pink that they've used to give him tonal range?
0: Maybe.
1: I mean, around his wounds and stuff being pink and, you know, he's got a cybernetic leg and a big battery yeah. and engine. Sharks but, don't have legs. No. So you're not, you know, you can't, can't give me a, a specific thing?
0: Nope. It's just a feeling. I don't like it.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> <The> <laughs> but Orc, him I love. The orc's clearly been to see Moana because he's got some of Maui's tattoos on his left arm. Nice. I have to give full props to whoever painted yes. that because Jesus <laughs> Christ, it's intricate and it's tiny. Yeah. The photos, you go, oh, that'd be, oh, no, hang on a minute. Yeah, I've got no. to remember that's three quarters of the size that it actually is.
0: Well, I couldn't paint it at that size. Yeah, it's alone three quarters of the size.
1: Intricate beyond belief. I
0: could probably put the wash over the, um, the over little... the green.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you've even got the little um, stamps and stuff on the the leg mm. of the Great White Squeak. So there's a lot again, a lot going on. Um, it does have an alternate build, which I appreciate these days, which is a Beast Boss on Squeegosaur. Now, it doesn't look too much like an alternate. It looks like there's something different going on, perhaps, with the pose. It's a bit hard to tell with the photos that we've got. Or is there a different head involved? I'm or? wondering
0: if it's a different head. It is tricky to tell, isn't it? Because I, pref- well, I do prefer it a lot with as the squiggasaur. But again, is that the it, you colour? Could just
1: be, I think it's the colour, to be fair. Because yeah, it's
0: the colour and the different angle.
1: Yeah. I think there's, like, you can see you the drool in yes, both photos.
0: That would have to come off.
1: Yeah, I think so. And it looks like it wouldn't be too hard to do. It's disgusting. <laughs> I want to know what's in its mouth. You can clearly see there's something sculpted in there. Is that just a tongue or have they given it the little dangly thing and like what have they put in there? You can you got to you got to know. I don't. I, I do. It's fine. <laughs> I can appreciate the fact we do have a an alternate build though, which is nice. It gives you a reason to buy more than one of this kit and that's very sensible of them. Um we then get more it's sh- Very thoughtful. It's <laughs> for me. Um, So, we also get pictures of the new Orc boys they're replacing the old ones with. Mm -hmm. So, those Orc boys are from 3rd edition, so somewhere circa 2001. So, they're replacing a kit that's 20 years old, give or take. Yeah. I've seen a bunch of people complaining that these are monopose, which I think is hilarious. Because the old ones were multi-part, but when you've got a boy with two arms holding a shooter... How many poses can you potentially give that model when all the arms are modeled the same?
2: Mm.
1: You're you're swapping heads and shooters, and that's it, which you can do with this kit. It just means instead of having to assemble a 10-piece model, you're assembling a 4-piece model. For me, that's actually a benefit. It's definitely in some way multi-part, because obviously we're getting combat weapons and... Shooter options, and we are still getting heavy weapon options in the kit as well, because there's a um, a big shooter and a rocket launcher that they previewed as well. And there's at least a different way to build the knob. Uh, there's there's one here shown with a power act, uh, not a power axe, uh, a heavy chopper, mm. and then one with a completely different head and a different back banner. I like that one better. With a power claw yeah. and a bionic hand, so there's definitely variation in the box to some degree. Okay. These are replacing the standard orcs, they're not the beast snaggers, and I. I can't help but feel that the beast snaggers all well, their furs and stuff. They actually kind of appeal to me more than the standard orcs at this point because they're that little bit more feral. Ah. Which is weird because I don't think that I didn't think that'd be the way I'd go, but I actually think I do. Mm. Um, we also get the return of the defcopter, which hasn't been around since Blackreach, I think it is. Mm. So third or fourth edition, fourth edition. Um, they've gone a- away from the clear flying stands now. Which is a good thing, but we, In have, your opinion. but we now have tactical terrain. Yeah, following them around. I prefer tactical terrain to those the clear stems they were doing.
0: I love that model.
1: So we're looking at one here. He's got a triple rotor blade. He's got the the Flying Ace helmet from yeah. World War One. Um, yeah, quad rockets, quad rockets at the front. He's he's very Flying Ace. Mm. The there is one here that um, is very reminiscent of the a, the single pose defcopters we got a while back.
0: It's not the same model.
1: It's not the same model. Um, I had someone say it was the same model. It's definitely not. I went and checked because I've got a couple of them out in the dungeon. They are. This is probably the the one that's closest to the um, original mm-hmm. kit in that it's got a very boxy front. It's got the the six rockets at the front. Um, The older versions all had four propeller blades. This one only has three. And all of the old pilots used to have two hands on a handlebar like a bike, Mm. whereas these have the joystick thing and something else in their hands. It's probably the closest to the old version. Yeah. But each one of them is different. So I'm assuming this will be a box of three. Yeah. So it's nice to see them coming back. Mm. And, um, yeah, so there's... We've seen the Squig, squig Riders, we've seen you know, the new Great White Squig, we've seen the new Kill Rigs and all the new Beast Snagger characters and everything else. I don't know there's too much else to show us because I think that's everything. But you never know.
0: No, you don't. So, looks really cool, though. Yeah.
1: We're going to go back very quickly and talk about Kill Team before we wrap up this part of the episode. Five things you need to know about the new Kill Team. Number one, all new skirmish rules. Completely rebuilt, every rule is bespoke, and there are no longer rules based on the Warhammer 40,000 rule set. Mm. That's probably everyone's biggest contention that I've seen. And I can kind of get it because Kill Team made sense as an easy entry point.
0: Yeah, I will admit that's probably where my concern was. I think that um, Kill Team, I think for someone like me if I was coming into it and I was wanted to try and pick up Kill Team and 40K, to have to try and remember the two. Like, if you're playing both...
1: Yeah, with two different sets of rules.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that gets... It just gets a bit complicated. So, I sort of think, well, okay, that's great. If you want to put... If you want to make a different game, then make it a different game, but use totally different models. Don't use the same army.
1: I don't know. I feel like... I don't feel there's an issue there because it gives you more opportunities to use your models. It also means that as a new player coming into the game, I don't have to buy the box set. I can just buy the rule book and I can Mm. play because I've got other stuff. But I get your point. Mm. Uh, Brand new stats is point number two. Units data cards are changing, showing off what operatives can do in more detail. That's where a lot of the symbols and stuff have come from. Mm. Um, I thought this actually had a photo of those, but it doesn't. So, there's you know, movement for the um, the death core of Krieg is a three and then a, a white circle. And mm. when you go looking, the white circle means two inches. Yeah. Why didn't they just put six inches is the first question. And I'm assuming there's other bespoke rules that attach to coherency or attach to... Um, different ways of interaction that you it's simpler like there might be tokens or stuff that use those things to make it easier to play I don't know I'm trying to come up with something here rather than why would it just say six Mm. Um, I'm assuming there might be something that you know you lose one like reduce your movement from three white to two white or change your white from a white circle to a white triangle and that drops you from Two inches to one, like. But is that just overcomplicating algebra with symbols?
0: I think sometimes when people see six inches, it gets okay. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> um, uh, oh, I don't know how to say it now without it sounding <laughs> inappropriate. Sometimes when people see units of measurement, it can be daunting. Did I? Did I dig myself out of the hole? I don't know. I'm gonna so, leave that. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, this way, it's not about maths. It's about, well, I can measure out two of those. Yeah, okay. Or I can measure out three of those or whatever it is. So, if I'm just doing that, then I'm not having to have a tape measure and have to, I, I don't know.
1: Point three, the battle for Octarius is set in the war zone Octarius in the Warhammer 40,000 setting. And it means you can tie it together with the theater of war rules for that. So you can kind of do a campaign with your friends. You can do a kill team mission and then you can go into a 40K mission and it all tied together. Mm. It's kind of cool. Alternating activations. This is an interesting one. So Games Workshop have almost always gone, you go, I go. Mm. This is going to be model by model and yeah. alternate rather than being your whole army, which is a big change for them. And I think it can work at this level. I think that doing it at 40k's level would be a mistake without massive, and I mean massive, playtesting. Mm. But on an individual skirmish scale where you've kind of got eight to ten models each, yeah. I think that can work. When you've got one army that has 25 activations and one that has six, that's another matter entirely.
0: When you've got one that's got seven and one that's got 200. Yeah. there's it's going to be potentially issues.
1: Yeah. Uh, an in-depth customization. Kill teams themselves are harder customisable as you expect from elite squads of operators. So they're showing off the multi-part kits that use the same core c- components, and they've got mm-hmm. a, a Deathcore of Krieg sniper and a Deathcore of Krieg demolitions guy, and they've mm-hmm. also got a um, a commando and a commando with a some sort of automatic weapon. So, and then they've also linked the kill team website. Mm-hmm. Now they've got a Warhammer forty thousand website, and they've got a few other bits and pieces. Um, so they show you what's in the box, they give you, you know, explore the different factions. One thing that someone did point out is you've got the Imperial Guard listed, and then there was one here that said Veteran Imperial Guard. I wonder if they fixed that. Looks like they have. Because that, oh no, they didn't. So you've got Imperial Guard and Veteran Guard, hmm. which is interesting. So you've got the old Cadian models, and then you've got the new Krieg models. And then you've got all the usual suspects, Trader Space Marines... Cormorites spelt um, correctly, but they're not, for some reason, not called Dracari. Um, Talons of the Emperor, so you can put Custodies into Kill Team, is that one model, and then mm. the opponent gets a dozen. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, Craft Worlds, Tomb Worlds, Hunter cadres for Tau. They've definitely stepped away from the faction names that we're used to seeing yeah. for these. You know, cardre- but is
0: that as they're trying to move it away from being 40k? 40k,
1: yeah. I mean, a few of them, like Death Guard and Thousand Sons, have kept their... And Chaos Demons. Yeah. But even the Orcs, you've got Greenskins and Commandos. You've actually got two different factions happening there. Mm. Um, and then they've got a little gallery and other bits and pieces there. So, look, I think there's some really interesting stuff happening here and who knows what it'll look like in the end. But we're really excited to see what comes of it. Mm. It's It's a good opportunity for you to... Like, you might not buy the box, but I suspect when they release the book separately, it could be a great way of kind of, if you've got a 40k army, you've instantly got a kill team. yeah. And it'll give you an opportunity to play your models a different way on a smaller scale that's potentially faster. You know, I've seen people play kill team games in their lunch breaks. Mm. So, you know, taking a handful of terrain and a 30 by 22 board yeah. in a backpack to work and playing a game over an hour lunch break, could would be or a piece a briefcase. of
0: cake. It doesn't have to be a backpack. You can take it in a briefcase <laughs> or a lunchbox.
1: <laughs> in, in a black suit and tie with like Matrix glasses and
0: yeah, probably not that.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I think the kill team stuff, like like you said earlier, a lot of it's to do with oh, we don't like change, and we've talked about that more than once around how players can get when new codexes come out, new editions come out.
0: Oh look, I can. I'm used to that now. It wasn't that that bothered me. It was the fact that there were so many people in a Kill Team group that were ripping Kill Team and Games Workshop to pieces.
1: Without having ever played the game.
0: What are you doing in the group? Yeah. Why would you join a group about a game that you don't like? Or if you've changed your mind and you used to like it, why are you still there?
1: Yeah. I think that's probably more likely is there's people who are – Well, they've got that this guy's falling chicken little situation happening where they haven't... And someone said Games Workshop did this on purpose. And I thought they provide you trailers and snippets of rules to build hype. They don't do it to try and scare you. But the mentality of the community and humans in general, to be fair, is a negative one. So they're trying to build hype and awareness and a lot of people do. But then there's a whole bunch of other people who go, oh my God, you've changed what I love. Though there was a guy talking about the new Orc Codex today, going "Nah, my army's useless. It's crap. Arr, tell me one good thing." And I said, "A model worth ten point, less than ten points that has toughness five and four mm. attacks. That's good. Oh, but the clans are crap. I don't care. If I can put two hundred boys on the table for less than two thousand points that are toughness five, I think you've got an army that might work there for forty yeah. k." But got,
0: Someone's going to paint 200 yeah. of them, but other than We know that, crazies who have. Yes, we do. Um, Shall we start listing them? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, like, he was so focused on the way he wanted them to work and what he thought they should well, it's be. Not even.
0: I don't think it's even about how somebody wants them to work. It's just what you used to. Yeah. And some change is difficult. But this, I think, is going to be exciting.
1: And look... If so you I have
0: d- muted myself from the group so I can... Step if, away from people whinging about.
1: If you want to play the old version, no one's stopping you.
0: And like I said, that wasn't what this was. It wasn't people saying that the sky is falling because there was a new game coming. It was people saying, it was people bad-mouthing the game in general and the developers. Having, having not
1: even seen it and then... Yeah, and I just yeah.
0: think, why are you here? Like, this is a this is a group for people to celebrate and find joy in this game. And you're coming in going, oh, well, you should play a different game because this is expensive or whatever. Like... Dude, go find another group. You know, Whatever game it is that you're selling, go find a group for those people. Go and celebrate it over there. But right here, we're excited about the fact that there's a new version of Kill Team coming out. The trailer looks fantastic. The models look amazing. Let's enjoy that. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Well We will go to a break now.
1: <laughs> and on that note, we'll be back in a second to talk Curse City. The wolf saved the city in its darkest hour, but his benevolence didn't last. Claiming the Ebonge Citadel, he surrounded himself with fiends, lackeys, and fellow creatures of the dark, forming his thirsting court. For a time, peace reigned. Then came the necroquake, and the wolf found himself infused with dark power. Sallying forth from his castle, Radakar and his court embarked on a murderous rampage. Some were deemed worthy of the blood kiss and were turned into vampires themselves. Countless others were left as corpses strewn across the streets. The city now stands on the precipice of total doom. Are there any that would risk their lives and their very souls to save it? In our house, there seems to be. <laughs> we're going to talk some cursed city now. Um, If you want to go and check out, um, this is something I didn't even know still existed since Cursed City seems to have disappeared completely for sale. Hmm. Um, You can head to ageofsigma.com forward slash games forward slash cursed hyphen city and it has a website. There's nothing here.
0: But there is a website. There is a website
1: (laughs) um, which shows you what's in the box, characters of the Cursed City and a learn to play and that's it.
0: Oh, man, we should watch the learn to play before we played it.
1: This very, very much feels like we're going to do some stuff with this. Oh, no, we have to stop now.
0: That's a shame, isn't it?
1: Now, there's been no confirmations as to why the game has been pulled. There was a Twitter link basically saying we're not expecting it to return for sale online. There's been a whole bunch of rumours and suppositions around what could, may, or has happened. Mm. We're not going to get into that.
0: Nope, because we don't know. We don't know. Oh, we could make it up.
1: A wizard did it. I was going to say a bat. We killed some bats today in the Curse City. That's probably where I got it from. <laughs> <laughs> no one used the wizard though. So Shame. Curse City is under the brand Warhammer Quest. Mm-hmm. Now, Warhammer Quest have done a few different things over the years and Game Workshop have used it as a box game. We had Silver Tower. Mm. Um, there have been a few over the years that have used the Warhammer Quest logo. Yeah. This is the latest version of that. And I think it's the second version to have ended up in Age of Sigmar. I think Silver Tower was the first. Could be wrong, but I think that's right. Mm-hmm. This is very much a darker, grittier. It's almost like Mordheim, which you probably won't be familiar with. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember Mordheim? Yeah. Oh, there you go. I didn't know you would. Mm. So this is unlike Silver Tower, which was sort of high magic. This is you know alleyway, city streets, brawler, rats, and zombies and. Walking Dead type stuff. Mm. Um, I actually prefer this aesthetic personally. I like that sort of...
0: What does that say about you? Evil, dark (laughs) stuff than the
1: high fantasy stuff. Um, I have a lot of history with this sort of game. Hero Quest starting it all way back in the dark eras of the late 80s, early 90s. I can't remember when. I cannot wait for that box to arrive. Hopefully it arrives this year. Focus. Yep. So when we got a copy of Cursed City... Mm -hmm. it was very exciting Mm. it's a one to four player game we Mm -hmm. made it work with five Mm -hmm. and um, one of the most interesting parts for me about this game is you can play it solo yeah so you're I don't think
0: it'd be as fun to play it solo
1: no it becomes really like you're playing against the game but it's a bit it'd almost feel I think a bit hollow because you can kind of fudge deployment like there are strict rules and like Do you cheat against yourself to try and win, or?
0: Oh, look, I think no. I don't know. Maybe we'll try.
1: Yeah, I don't know. We so basically there are eight adventurers in the box. If you're not Mm -hmm. familiar with it, Uh, Jelson Darrowk. Who is
0: Jelson? Do you reckon the J is silent? I don't know. Seems kind
1: of. I don't know now. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's basically a witch hunter. He's, he's listed as a one-man death squad with a merciless streak a mile wide. Uh, we get uh, <laughs> Qualathis, Qal- the Exile, who's the Sylvaneth Archer. Um, we get uh, Imelda Brazkov, who was... Uh, her army was destroyed by Radakar the Wolf. So she's not a Stormcast, but she's a... I can't believe she's not a Stormcast, mm. I suppose. Mm. Um, a guard captain. Heavy knight, uh, Dagny Holdenstock. This is my character. The Karadron uh, dwarf, or is a Karadron overlord? I don't think these technically dwarves anymore. He certainly looks like a dwarf to me.
0: Mm, like it. Actually, do you know what he reminded me of? What's that? And I realised this is why I picked him. Um, he reminds me of the character from How to Train Your Dragon, the one who plays the. Oh my goodness, it's terrible! How many times have I seen this movie and TV show? Um, the one who's missing the leg and. The blacksmith. Uh, the blacksmith, yeah. I <laughs> can't remember his name. Anyway, um, that's who he reminded me of, and I've realised that's why I picked him.
1: There you go. Uh, Glario van the Third, who is the nobleman. Cleona mm-hmm. uh, Zeitengale.
0: This, did our youngest choose her? Yes,
1: she did. Uh, who's the missionary of the Cult of the Comet. Uh, Oktran Gr- uh, Grimscry, who's the wizard. Uh, not really the wizard, but he's... Um, I suppose he's be- he's the Chamberlain. Um, he worked alongside the Chamberlain as mm-hmm. part of Radikar's court. Uh, Brutog Corpseater is the uh, ogre,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which our son decided to play today. And his back- Gobba.
0: How could I forget Gobba?
1: <laughs> there you go. Um, Corpseater also has the single best piece of history and lore of any character I've ever read in any one of these games. It's amazing. Um,
0: Are you going to share that or...? Just so he gets, the name, going. he
1: gets the name Corpse Eater because as a baby he ate a corpse. And then uh, he goes on, basically he finds out that there's vampire, and he loves eating dead things. So he finds out there's all these undead in the city and goes, yep, that's my banquet. And when he gets there, he realizes there's vampires. He's going, never eaten a vampire before. Want to eat that? And he teams up with the adventurers and his deal that he struck with them is that he gets to eat the majority of Raducar the wolf.
2: Right,
1: and when they kill him, he gets to eat the most of it, and he's amazed that no one else has argued with him on that. And I think that's just the best story. <laughs> You've got this ogre thinking he's clever that he gets to eat the most of any of the any of the heroes that kill him. So um, now each of these models is sensational. Hmm. They are very unique, very thematic, and even without hearing names and stuff, the archetypes are instantly yeah. visible. You know, the um, Darok is very clearly... He's um, Van Helsing, mm. Witch Hunter. He's got the, the hat and the gun and the stakes mm. and the, there's no mistaking what he is. Mm-hmm. Same with the Elven Archer. Like, you can't mistake what she is. And then we, as you go through the different characters, you've got, you know, the female knight, the dwarven adventurer, the nobleman who's got complete with the, the flintlock pistol and the rapier on his hip... And the way they've sculpted him with that swagger and the boots. Yeah.
0: It was quite funny because... So we were obviously playing with our children and our um, youngest uh, was... So at the end of the first game, our youngest was toying up between does she want to stay with that character or does she want to go to a different character? And then um, she was looking at...
1: So she, she played Cleona Zeitengale, yeah, who ahead. is the the cleric, essentially.
0: Uh, but she was looking at cha- potentially changing to Esmeralda uh, Imelda Melda Braskov and so then she spent an hour playing a um you know pretending to anyway playing a food game with me um using the Alexander Meerkat voice <laughs> because of you know because of this particular character and then the one that you were just talking about the um the nobleman our uh, eldest was, you know, she created this whole voice for him and this persona, and, you know, this is what he's done. And it was just really kind of cool looking at the imagination that went with that.
1: Well, they had no idea of any of the backstories. No. You know that. They looked at the miniature and yeah. gone, yep, this is. And created
0: is... all of this based on the miniature.
1: I think every one of these miniatures tells you instantly what they are. Mm. You look at the ogre and go, yep, he's there for hitting things.
0: Yeah, he is there for hitting things. <laughs> But still, our son was disappointed because he didn't have any long-range weapons. Yeah. And we we're like, yeah, but look what you can do if you get up close. It hit things. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so, yeah, the first party that we decided, or that everyone picked, because I gave everyone, they pulled the models out and then let the kids pick. Um, our oldest daughter picked uh, Qualathis the exile, the mm-hmm. elf. Um, Emma picked uh, Dagny Holdenstock, the Caradron overlord. Uh, our youngest took. I've always
0: wanted to be an overlord.
1: Cleona, Zeitengale, and our son took uh, Brute Hog Corpse Eater. So mm-hmm. we took an ogre, a dwarf, an elf, and a human into the alleyways of the cursed city.
0: Seems like the start of a good joke, doesn't it? Yeah. Look, it, it's it, it shame could. there wasn't a pub. It could. <laughs> <laughs> it could
1: very well have been a joke because yeah. the the introduction to the game isn't made easy. The rule book and the quest book. That, look, I will give them credit for the rule book. It's got plenty of examples and walkthroughs and everything else, but there is a very big disconnect gap between this is how the game works to this and and it shows you how to set it all up, and then it doesn't it, it feels like there's a gap in the middle that kind of just there's two pages missing. Yeah, to kind of give you the leap from the rules to the quest.
0: Well, even down to uh, you know the whole thing for the mysterious objects. And you know, you're going, Well, I know there should be mysterious objects here, but I don't know what you're supposed to put down for mysterious objects. So we were part way through whatever turn when we actually were like, Well, no, we need to find out what these mysterious objects are. And then we we're able to find them. But there were that kind of thing happened the whole way through.
1: Yeah, there were little bits every single time yeah. where I went, I don't know what that means, or this is missing. Mm. And I'm sure now that I've played through it once, I'll go back and read the book again with more context, and that'll probably help me. But, um, over try
0: watching the How to Play video. I, I might have to. See what happens.
1: Um, overall, though, everyone seemed to get into it. Yeah. Um, so we just played the, the first Hunt mission, which is the very generic mission. There's uh, One thing I do really like about this game is there's a huge amount of replay value. Mm. Because you don't have to say, take the same four characters in every time. You can alternate between them as you see fit. And there are rules for... What happens if you have a higher level character and a low level character together in the same party? There's always four characters. Mm-hmm. Um, each of the there's four different types of mission you can play. There's the three generic types, and then there's the sort of the the boss levels because you have to achieve certain things before you can face the bosses of the game. And each of the three types of missions, the hunt mission has eight different types of deployment. Mm. The scavenger has eight. And then there's an exploration mode where you actually put the map out as you play. Oh wow! So that is virtually endless at that point. There's Mm. 22 tiles of terrain. So
0: terrain is a very generous board tiles. Then yeah, that's
1: that's Um, probably better. So you know you you can actually get quite a lengthy game out of it, but interestingly, you only get about 12 turns because once it hits. But it
0: was the perfect length for me.
1: Yeah, we I think we got through six turns before we completed the objective and done. Five turns. Five turns. We well, finished. We in finished fairness, in five turns.
0: I was ready to leave after turn yeah. four, and then you know you're just gonna leave us. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I you broke did. the door down. You did bail I'm on the children. To go. Well, no, I stayed for the fifth turn to help them fight off, you know, whatever. Then I assumed that they would make it out safely by themselves at the other end of the board, and I took myself out a different exit.
1: <laughs> so. Um, once we got the hang of it, it actually flowed pretty well. The
0: I think, though, so you weren't technically playing. No. Because you were just doing, you were controlling the, um, the enemy.
1: Yeah, and it should be pointed out that there is no need for me to do that. Mm. The game has rules on how you place models, how they respond, how they react, and how they fight. And they even have a process where each player takes a turn in being the leader, mm. and the leader is the one who resolves all those bits and pieces for the monsters. The reason there's two reasons for me doing it. One is so you got to join in. I got to join <laughs> in. Well, three reasons. One, I got to join in. Um, two, I was the one with all the rule books trying to understand it and explain it to everyone else. Yeah. But three, it also meant there was no feel bad moments, and I think that's the biggest issue with kids. Is can you imagine what would happen is if our son using a monster killed his sister's model? Even indirectly, like it wasn't him. You know what I mean? Well, like yeah, it,
0: I mean, right at the very end. So we were we we're on turn five. So I'd already safely exited. Yeah, you were from going the building, and um, but I was the leader at that time. Yeah. So I had to place a gravestone. Yep. Yeah. And like the guilt from that.
1: Yeah, and if you were the one controlling models that were then attacking the kids, or they were, you know, I feel like having a. A DM for lack but of I, a better description. Yeah, I
0: was going to call it the same thing, but also, it it felt like a it felt like an us together versus the game. Yeah. If we'd had a leader that was
1: having to operate the bad guys as yeah, well, just, yeah. Mm. And even during the game, even though I didn't have a, a character of my own, we were all still talking as a group.
0: Yeah, you were still smug and enjoying yourself when you were. Oh, those when those
1: zombies were turning up at the end—that was great.
0: (laughs) The joy on your face.
1: Because it adds drama to the game. It adds excitement to the game. It it shouldn't be easy just to run away.
0: Honestly, like. Who would
1: have thought giant rats and uh, and shambling zombies and a handful of bats would cause such tension? And when that, uh, I was
0: quite anxious.
1: Well, it was funny because uh, we, one of the first monsters, so you also have a, a random initiative every turn and you also draw random monster cards. So there's only ever so many monsters on the table in theory.
0: There were too many at one point.
1: Well, it was funny because when we looked later at level five, instead of getting like two giant bats, you got like seven skeleton warriors for the same card. And I just went, okay, so at yeah, higher we're levels. We're going to
0: work up to that, unlike yeah. what you did to us on Pandemic, aren't you? <laughs>
1: well, we just played on infinite immediately. <laughs> yeah. So the first, when we, when we drew the cards in the book it says these are the cards you draw for your first game. I went not nah, blow that we're just going to draw cards. The very first card I drew was Watch Captain Halgrim, mm. who is one of the mini bosses. Yeah. Now you don't get him in his full empowered p- powered form like you mm. would get when you play him for his boss level. But even so, I put him on the table and he was he just happened that he deployed on the opposite side of the board, like mm. as far away from you as possible. And we all went, "Oh, that's not so bad." And then in turn one, when we got his reaction, he double moved. And all of a sudden, we're going, he's going to come and punch you guys in like a turn or maybe two. That's actually going to be a problem really quickly. And I liked the I fact... He
0: wasn't because we had an ogre on our the team. The ogre did come and
1: stop him. But it was really interesting that I originally, when I put the monsters down and looked at your stats compared to the monster stats, I went, this is a cakewalk. And, you you, you know, some people took some wounds. No one was ever any of any dying. No. But at the same time it became very quickly apparent that unless you are dealing with the enemies efficiently mm-hmm. and you're trying to get your objectives done and you're working together, if you go out solo by yourself like our oldest did, she ran around with the elf going, I'm the elf, and left the room and went into another room and then got ambushed by three skeletons.
0: Well, that wasn't really her choice. We didn't sort of understand what was happening. If we'd realised it, yeah. then we would have stayed in the But that elf place. made
1: a very hasty retreat after that going, nope that was the what wrong door to go did. through.
0: Yes, 100%. But we did send her in there by herself. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> it's not a mistake that we'll make again. No.
1: Well, maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was it was a really engaging game, not like I don't think there was a a moment in the game where anyone was sat bored or anything like that because there was constant communication between everyone. Mm. And there was a bit of excitement seeing what the monsters were going to be and...
0: And how many were going to come. And
1: what powers people had and that heaven could
0: forbid f- we roll a 12.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, for the overlord, For the bad guys, the overlords of um, and uh, Actually, heaven often forbid can't.
0: you roll a 1 when it's our turn and then we end up with none of the uh, yeah, extra dice. The extra dice. <sighs> so,
1: you get Gorslav the Gravekeeper, who is so um, del Toro, like Hellboy, messed yeah, up yeah. as... Yeah, he's a great model. Really awkward to build.
0: I don't know. It seemed quite fine to me.
1: <laughs> so I did build them all over a couple of days.
0: Did you build them all?
1: Yep. Huh. Built the whole box. Most of it is, oh no, it's just, let me rephrase. All of it is snap fit. Mm. Every single model. The bad guys all come in grey and the eight good guys come in cream, I suppose yeah. is the best colour I can describe it as. It's not white, it's close, it's cream.
0: Maybe bone.
1: Yeah. Um, it is Games Workshop plastic. It's not cheap plastic. Even though the coloured plastic is there, it still doesn't feel cheap and nasty. No. Um,
0: it shouldn't for the cost of it?
1: No. The characters, the eight characters, plus what they call the overlords of um, Olf and Khan, the, 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 the bad guys, are all... They go together well, but there are some really fiddly... Because of the way those pins work inside the model, the snap fit pins... Some of them go together really awkwardly, mm. so there were a few of them that I just trimmed the pins off of, either partly or entirely, yeah. to make sure that I could glue them together and make them go together well.
0: And that was the feedback that came from our son as well—that he really struggles with putting them, gluing them, because when he any snap the glue? fits,
1: yeah. The instructions for these were actually pretty good. I even got an FAQ in the box yeah. um, for the for. Um, uh, the Caradron Overlord on there's a piece on the sprue that isn't mentioned in the original instructions, yeah. which you actually do desperately need to make sure the monster's get <laughs> together. Um, but you know, m- like most of it, like the bats are sort of two pieces, the rats I think are three pieces. Most of them are one or two. Pe- like the simple stuff's one, two, or three pieces. Um, the most complex was the big. Um, he's not, I don't know what to call him other than a big giant vampire monster. Uh, he is a. Uh, Varg Skyr. He's a sort of big half vampire bat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sort of ogre monster. Yeah. He's probably the most fiddly in terms of parts, but he's also one of the simplest. Mm. So, all of them went together pretty well. Mm. The gravekeeper has a zombie crawling out from under his part of his base, and there's a they tell you to put it on after you've glued him to the base mm. which is a mistake because it's a snap fit piece that you have to try and
0: uh try and get in lock there
1: in and under which was a pain in the butt but if you if you put it on before you put him on the base there's no guarantee it'd be level yeah so i ended up just cutting the peg off entirely and gluing the zombie in and it worked fine um watch captain halgrim we faced today he was like four or five pieces he was pretty standard um torgillus the chamberlain um, with his cat, his rat, his bat, and his crow. <laughs> um, interesting model to build. He doesn't have a mat. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the Viacost Bloodborne, which are basically the vampire, the half vampire things, mm. are all really cool models. And then you obviously also get Radicar the Wolf, um, who has an evolved form in Age of Sigma. He actually becomes a full-fledged... Vampire monster. Yeah. So, yeah. They're they're all lovely, lovely models. And even the basic ones, like like the zombies we talked about with the gravestones on their backs, they give you, I think it's 10 zombies, and they give you two sets of the same sprue. Mm. So, you end up building six male and four female zombies. Yeah. But the... Tops and the bottoms of the zombies are interchangeable, so you don't have two that are the same. Oh, cool. All ten of them are different. Yeah. The, you get ten um, orphan, orphan Watch skeletons, and I think there's only about three that double up. Mm. So there's actually some decent variety in the model yeah. range as well, which is nice. The sprues... The, the sprues... Someone said, oh, they'll sell the model separately later. I don't know they can, mm. because the sprues are intermingled. Yeah. So... The characters are all across two sprues and are the only And they
0: mo- don't all fit back in the box afterwards. No, they do not.
1: <laughs> Radikar the Wolf is on a separate sprue. Mm. And then you get all of the overlord characters and um, whatnot on one sprue, and then you get the kind of two sprues of minions that are yeah. identical sprues. So you know, the you get a boatload of models. Yeah. Um, and the the box retailed here in Australia at two hundred and ninety dollars, which yeah. is at the high end. But it's actually like it's a game in a box. Yeah, and you, there's probably fifty models. Twenty. It's funny. I was, 30, at, I was something like that.
0: Um, at a shoot yes, photography shoot, not a you know not shoot any shoot kind of shoot uh, yesterday, and we went to three different places, and at each place we went to, they had board games. It's always exciting to see people with like what I call real board games in their house, and um, yeah, so. It was just kind of made a bit of a comment about that at the end and so one of the ladies who was there um, said you know I was you know thinking about getting some board games like where do I get this from and kind of how much are they and so kind of oh you know looking at something like Catan you're looking at about $60 or that and she's like oh my goodness $60 that's so expensive and I was like yeah, we just had one turn up at our house that was 290 bucks. <laughs> so <laughs> $60 for Catan. Yeah, that's probably really affordable. <laughs> it's not $30 the- from Kmart. No, it's not. No. No, it is not a $30 from Kmart kind of box set. No. This one is- I'm talking about.
1: Oh, this one definitely not. Yeah. This is...
0: Yeah, it's not a pull off the shelf and, you know, in the same way that some board games are. It is that... I think it's that real hybrid.
1: Yeah, it it's... I mean, obviously, there's it's gridded. There are squares, and yeah. I, like the, I really appreciate the range mechanic in the game. Where if you're in the same square and there's a line between you and your opponent, you can shoot them. Yeah. If you're in the doorway of another room, shooting through the doorway, that's fine. Yeah. But it's too. You can see them. But if it's but if you're on the back of one square and they're in another square, adjoined by a door. Yeah. It's too dark, so you can't see yeah. them, so you can't shoot them. It's really simple. Yeah. And that makes it really intuitive. Because you can instantly go, hey, there's no bad guys between me and you, and I'm in the doorway, and you're at the other side of the tile. I can shoot you.
0: It was interesting, though, that, you know, for wounds and things like that. um, Oh, that did
1: take some getting used to.
0: Yeah. You know, we kept instinctively going for, you know, going for the numbered dice. Oh, no, it's not that, actually. I have to roll this other symbol.
1: And They give you... Um, the combat dice are six-sided, eight-sided, and 12-sided. Mm-hmm. But they're So the cream ones are six-sided, the blue ones are eight-sided, and the red ones are 12-sided. But depending on which set, you'll get mostly blank faces. I think the six-sided is four blanks, a, or th- maybe it's three blanks, a hit, a hit, and a critical hit. And so depending on which... And there's more hits and critical hits as you go up in dice. So the 12-sided has more statistically than the 6. And those dice are used to resolve defense for the heroes. They're used to resolve agility and vitality and all sorts of different things for the heroes. And the, the, one of the complications came when we were looking and going, okay, well, the zombies or the, the uh, Orphan Watch skeletons have two wounds... Okay, mm. on a hit, my weapon does one. On a critical, it does three. Okay, we can manage that. We can count that. Not a problem. Yeah. How many wounds do the heroes have? Oh, don't don't don't, don't know. know. <laughs> there's, 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 there's nothing the on the cards. Is seven. <laughs> uh, no 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 you, six eight. You could it's go not because you can't put a dice down. Yeah, it just means you can't activate. I don't know if that mm. actually takes you out. We haven't gotten to that point yet. Uh, <laughs> so the heroes were... Disp- um you basically end up with a track for the heroes where you uh, roll your action dice. So you get four action dice. And instead of um, putting a dice in those boxes, you can also put a wound or a grievous wound. And those count up based on the damage you get dealt. So your first point of damage deals your wound. The second point of damage deals, turns it into a grievous wound. The third point of damage gives you another light wound. The fourth point yeah. of damage turns that into to a finish. grievous wound and so on. Yeah. So essentially you can take eight points of damage in total. mm and you can mitigate that with defense which most of the monsters don't get. I believe that when you're playing the overlords component, the the boss levels, they do get their empowerments and they do start getting defenses mm-hmm. like that. So you are actually it, it is for all intents and purposes a boss battle out of a computer game. But it does mean that the heroes do feel heroic because mm-hmm. you know the ogre turning around with his giant mace and smashing a a standard skeleton to bits in a blow mm. feels like what it should happen in yeah. that sort of movie or that sort of comic book. Yeah. And when the um, uh, when the watch captain Halgrim took that first blow from the ogre, it was the ogre. Like our son went, oh no, I, <laughs> I don't think I can kill him now,
0: and I can't run away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know that's it creates that it feels like it should where all of a sudden this ogre who's just run through three or four skeletons yeah. hits this new skeleton and goes, bounce, and goes, oh, um. no. <laughs> so there were lots of those sorts of things that felt like a very heroic movie fantasy trope where you've got these heroes that are cutting their way through the, the nameless minions, and then they hit something important and go, oh, damn. Oops. So, and even at the end where we started having the, there was a moment where it looked like you're going to be overwhelmed with skeletons and then there were giant rats and then, Mm. okay... Getting through, and then the initiative phase killed you because there was someone blocking the way, and you couldn't move. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, okay, I'd
0: opened the door, but I hadn't gone through it. Yeah. and I was gonna. Now I had.
1: You were going yeah. last.
0: Yeah, because you changed the order of the initiative um, changes each turn. Each, yeah, yeah. So I had been going first. I'd but opened then all of the a sudden. Door, you were going reshuffled, and now I was last. Yeah. So no one could get past me, which is why I went out one door and they all had to out yeah. right a different one.
1: <laughs> but at that moment, it was like. Are we about to be overrun because yeah. we've got skeletons coming from one direction we've got zombies and stuff spawning and oh no mm-hmm. what and you know like um, the elf had taken a grievous wound, you'd taken a grievous wound and we're sort of going, well, if this continues this is this, gonna this is going to end well, end well. <laughs> like this is this is going to pile up pretty quickly so it even had that little moment of tension where it was
0: it was very tense.
1: oh we have to run away now. Yeah, but we have to run away right now. Everyone, move as fast as you can that way.
0: Except for me, who went the other way. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your own, kids. I'm safe. Good luck. Map. <laughs> Love you. <ya. laughs>
1: but I think that um, you know that it could have very easily been a game where the heroes just smash face and there's no tension. There's no like I actually appreciate the fact there was actually a genuine moment where one of the characters in the first game could have died. Particularly, <laughs> well, particularly that. How Hal, if Halgrim had walked into that room and the ogre hadn't been there? Yeah, Halgrim had the potential to severely hurt the party, even in his basic state. And when everyone kind of saw him spawn, it was like, okay, I'm gonna, I want to go and like our son went, I'm gonna go that way and try and punch him, and everyone went, okay, good luck, <laughs> and left him to
0: it. <laughs> yeah. But we did, you know, we had the conversation after how do people feel about the you know, the characters that they've chosen and, um, and you know, you asked our son, was he happy with the ogre? Did he want to choose? Did he want to change? And I sort of went, well, no, he can't change. Like, we need the ogre. <laughs> this isn't an option anymore. The ogre's in. <laughs> so, <laughs> we need him.
1: I can definitely see why you would chop and change between characters depending on the missions because – in the hunt mission's objective is just to kill ten bad guys. Yeah. So you might turn around and go, you know what? We're not going to take the healer. We're going to take the sword woman. and we're not going to take, you know, we're going to take four combat orientated yeah. characters.
0: Are you suggesting that we wouldn't take the dwarf?
1: Oh no, his axe was pretty good. His axe, was his axe was good. pretty good.
0: It was just that I could, I could walk but so my move action was I could walk for three, or run. if I chose to take, a, you know, to run, I, I could, could run, run for, for three. three. <laughs>
1: yeah. And that's it the exploration missions if you have the dwarf in your party is going to change Slow you down. it's going to change the way you play the game because if you're spawning monsters in the exploration more regularly and the dwarf can't yeah. keep up where the everyone else can run faster that's going to cause a situation where you could be overrun so it's going to make you play the game differently
0: yeah but I'm very loyal
1: uh, suits the dwarf mm. and that's uh, like I you're say really not what does that suit me, mm. the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> what that <says. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: rats. Perfect.
1: <laughs> Look, I get to be the big evil vampires and the the cult of darkness and death and looming destruction. There are a lot of tokens in this box. Yeah, we didn't know half of them did. To start no, with. I, I will admit, I when you guys had all gone out for half an hour while I was popping all the bits out of the spruce, like the board pieces out of the spruce. And I popped all the tokens out and then went, what are the all... Like, I've got 50 tokens with numbers on them. What are these for? This is for level progression. Cool, don't need those for this game in a bag. What are these ones? Oh, these are for... Don't need those in the bag. And I must have culled three quarters of the tokens before the first game because a lot of them are for... Um. It f- the problem I have with this game at the moment is it feels like you should leave it set up. Because the characters progress. Yeah. You, get, you get items, you get experience, you get empowerments mm. and enchantments for your weapons. Um, and at the end of the game, you have to roll on a chart to see what happens for the next game for those party members. And um, you have to keep track of the town's fear and the town's militarization. And as you complete missions, that number changes and moves up and down. And if they ever hit a certain point, you automatically lose the campaign. So by doing a hunt mission, the militarization came down, but the fear went up because the town gets more fearful of the vampire because he starts taking it out on Mm. the town. So if your fear, both of them start at five and they can go from zero to 10. If the fear hits 10, you lose. If the militarization hits 10, you lose. Mm. Um. So, if you do a couple hunt missions and your fear is suddenly eight or nine, you now have to go into a mission that's going to reduce the fear to help balance it out. So, you definitely want to keep track of it game to game, but there's no real mechanic, like there's no notebook or anything in the yeah. box that lets you do that. And I they, mean,
0: luckily, I'm stationary obsessed and we've got nine bazillion notebooks.
1: Well, I'm thinking now, they gave me a bunch of Ziploc bags in all the right. in the box. And at first, I thought it was to keep all the different tokens separated and all the different card sets and everything like that. I'm actually wondering whether they gave me eight so that at the, or nine would make more sense. So at the end of the game, you put your character card, you put your equipment cards and your empowerments and all those sorts of things into one Ziploc bag and zip it up. And then you put the town card in with the right tokens for the town card and mm. zip it up. I'd, but even that just feels really difficult to manage. Mm. So I feel like you definitely want a notepad even if it's just a little one yeah that sits with the in the box that goes cool like there's eight pages for the characters this is their experience level this is how many points they have this is the equipment they have da, 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 da. and the same with the, the you know mission 1 fear 5 militarization 5 mission 2 starts at 6 and 4 or you know whatever mm. it is you definitely want to do that to manage the game the one bit I'm most intrigued about, though, is the envelope in the box. Mm-hmm. So you, you
0: did very well.
1: I've 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 only seen it three or four times now. When I've opened the box to build things and that sort yeah. of stuff, and every time I hold it and go, "I really want to open." Why don't I just this. open this? And then I put it away, going, "No, we need to finish the campaign to see Radicar die." Then because it, it tells you once you complete the final assault. Once you complete that, then open the, the the thing. Now, I don't know if anyone... I haven't Googled online whether anyone's opened it. I don't want to know. But that alone... So
0: please don't tell us.
1: That alone is really engaging because I'm sat here going... need to play again. We need so to play again get to get, to get the point. level because you can only do the boss levels when your characters hit certain mm-hmm. levels. So you need to get to level five before you, and complete all five boss levels before you can face Radhukar. Mm-hmm. Now, to do that, my best guess is you're going to have to play... 15 to 20 games to get to even have the chance and that's playing the same character each time to get to have the chance if everything goes perfectly to be level 5 to complete the boss levels to then face Radhika Mm. and the fact that it's making you want to play to find out what's in there it's probably just a well done you killed the bad guy (laughs) um Knowing my luck, it'll be a, by the time we get to that, it'll be a code for something that's out of date, no longer Probably available. Probably already, yeah. given
0: how long it took to come here.
1: Um, but, you know, that that's a cool gimmick incentive mm-hmm. because despite the huge replay value, because of the random yeah. sort of scenarios, it, um, it gives you something to aspire to, to work, work your character. I want to keep playing the same character because I need to get him to level five. Because I, I want
0: to open an envelope. Because <laughs> I want to
1: see what happens. I want to know how yeah. the story ends. So, I think that's really cool. I think that's a whoever came up with that in marketing is a genius, because you you're incentivizing players to try it. Now there will, I guarantee, there's someone out there who went, "I don't care, I'm gonna open it and see what it is." Yeah. I want to keep that there, and I'd rather not be able to open it until like a year from now, when the missions are done, and all of a sudden we've got the answer. I think that's a really cool thing. I can't I can't fault them for that. So.
0: So yeah, the kids are desperate to play again. Well, they wanted to play. Tonight, tonight. we had to record. The um, the desperate to play again tomorrow, but you're at an event all day tomorrow, so that tomorrow. won't be happening.
1: No, that'll be probably a Sunday thing before we get to play again. Yeah. But uh, I think now that we've gone through it once, it took us about, what, two hours?
0: It didn't feel like
1: that long. No, it didn't feel that long, but I think it probably did take us two hours to play the first mission while we've sort of fumbled our way through those mm-hmm. six turns. Five turns. Five turns. But um, I think that unlike a lot of these games where the the tiles can get unwieldy or fall off tables and that yeah. sort of thing, this didn't feel like that. No. The table was pretty compact and we used probably two-thirds of the tiles for the first mission. Mm. Um, the only time it might happen is with the exploration cards where you can kind of meander and... Yeah, like,
0: put them down as you go going. Yeah,
1: so I think that that could potentially lead to a situation where you end up with the, the board going off the edge of the table. Yeah. But most of the maps that are in the book are actually quite square. So, as long as you've got about a three foot square space, hmm. like we played it on our dining table. Yeah. Um,
0: Which you'll have seen if you happen to see any of the photos yeah. on the Facebook And We had plenty of, had plenty of room around
1: it as well. Yeah, heaps. So, I think if you're going to play it on your dining table and you're about three feet square, you're going to be fine. Um,
0: Most people's dining table is a bit bigger than three foot square. Yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah. So, as a board game, and we've played a lot of weird board games over the years.
0: Yes, we have. Um, Some a
1: lot better than others Absolutely For me Do you know what this captures the best of? Hmm. Fury of Dracula Oh
0: no Fury of Dracula frustrates me no end (laughs) At no point Well we've only played it once But at no point today Did I feel the frustration that I get in Fury of Dracula
1: But see this felt Because it's cooperative it, it, It is everyone working together
0: Apart from the Dracula
1: Apart from Dracula But We had to stop
0: playing because we were going to end up divorced. (laughs) Still, my favourite game.
1: (laughs) Um, This because it's cooperative. Like we've played a lot of cooperative lately, and I more and more appreciate the cooperative genre. I mean, Pandemic's a great example of that. However, on the nose that game might be in the world.
0: When we were on the um, the American radio show recently, and they asked me what my favourite game is, that's my favourite game at the moment. But I thought it was really inappropriate to go, I'm really loving Pandemic at the
1: moment. (laughs) Ticket to Ride it is.
0: Yeah, well, no, I didn't end up going anywhere with it. But yeah, I did sort of stop myself from going, yeah, I'm really loving Pandemic. It's an awesome game.
1: I think the cooperative games bring in you... If you haven't played a, and I'm sure if you're listening to us, you probably have. But if you haven't, try a cooperative game where everyone's working to play against the game. There's some really good ones out there. Pandemic is absolutely sensational. It's Mm. got some great mechanics. This has been really good because yeah. it is, it's it's miniatures-based, so it's very tactile. It's simple enough that our eight-year-old daughter picked it up pretty rapidly. Yeah. Um, by the end of it, she was au fait with most of the stuff that was going on. She didn't really understand her special abilities, but they're very wordy on the priest. So, yeah. I think she'll be much easier with the sword woman. Um, everyone kind of knew what was going on by the end of it. And at eight years old, she picked it up. In a couple of hours.
0: Yeah. Look, I mean, she's been playing board games for oh, probably she was, five years. Yeah, so. since she was three. But yeah. So I'm not sure that she's. No, but if. But I guess you know, if an if eight-year-old who can, an eight-year-old can pick it up, then an adult can pick it up. Yeah,
1: and that and that's exactly right. And if you're if you're in a family, where you've got younger kids who are playing games with you now. Hmm. Then, you know, by the time they're her age, or are a little bit older, this is a game that they can definitely, yeah. if you're patient, you sit with them and explain it, they'll they'll pick it up.
0: And because it's cooperative, you can play it that way?
1: Yeah. You can help each other and mm. what does this do or what, you've got this many action points, you can do this and do this or you could do this and do this and give them some um, agency to make their own choices but at the same time work as a unit. Yeah. And I think that's probably the best thing we saw today is that we didn't have a fight at the table. Mm. That happens a lot when you're playing things like Ticket to Ride or Carcassonne or when you block someone else off for doing a certain thing or you score resources that they don't. It's
0: less about the blocking them off and more about the look on your face (laughs) when you do it.
1: (laughs) I'm talking about kids versus kids at this point.
0: Yeah, I'm talking about you, you smug so-and-so. Look,
1: you're going to play a board game against me. I play to win.
0: Mm. So to remind myself of that when I keep cheating to help you, <laughs> obnoxious so and so.
1: But we didn't have any of the fights at the table because everyone no. everyone was trying to achieve the same thing. Even we, like, we saw a, a kind In of fairness.
0: We don't seem to, we don't tend to see a lot of fights at the table. No,
1: but, but I, I remember a certain someone sitting across from me when she lost one of her routes on Ticket to Ride because someone took that route from her. She was very unhappy with the world.
0: Again, the smug look on your face. <laughs> You didn't even need that route. You just did it. Yes, I did. Oh, you're such a turd, trying very hard to use good language. My so-and-so that I was saying before is a word that begins with a P. <laughs> you
1: can make that up as you, uh, you, you usually fit in listener land. Um, but we didn't have any of that today because everyone was trying to achieve the same thing. Yeah. The fact that at the end of the game as well, there's an opportunity where players can trade treasure freely they can trade empower like they can you can swap between whatever you feel like is also a feel-good moment because if you're one stone uh, because you gather um stones throughout to buy things at the merchant if you're one stone short at the end of the game and someone's picked one up you go you know oh, if you need one more here you go yeah and there's never a moment of I have to play another game before I get that because... In
0: all honesty, that's how we play Carcassonne. get <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to Ride as well. Here, I'll give you this under the table. Shh, don't tell anyone.
1: <laughs> well, th- because you're not competing with this though, yeah. you're only playing against the game, which means as long as everyone's playing for the same reason, yeah. it f- it doesn't feel like cheating. Um, And I think that the cooperative nature of this is a really positive thing. Mm. And I think it would be really positive for tabletop gamers to play cooperative games from time to time because it reminds you of the fun you can have when you work together to have fun together mm. and that can get lost in competitive play sometimes where you're so focused on winning the game you've kind of you can have a disconnect between why you started playing in the first place and these are beautiful miniatures the tiles are amazing and all really detailed and Are they? You didn't look at them closely, did you? No. No, they are. They're really nice, thick cardstock. They're oh, not yeah, going to bend thick. or break.
0: Yes, I'll give you that, but I'm not sure as I'd call them beautiful.
1: Did you Did you look at the mosaic tile?
0: I don't know. No, they, not. They,
1: clearly not. You, haven't, you didn't even have glasses on, so.
0: I did have my glasses <laughs> on, actually. The whole game. The driving glasses. <laughs> yes, I had
2: my driving
1: glasses on. You I couldn't, couldn't find your other ones. Ones. Yeah. My point is that once those models are painted up, it's going to be a really cool-looking table. It is. I'm actually wondering whether or not I can get the um, the doorways that connect to the tiles. Mm-hmm. You can have them open and closed depending on the missions. Some of them will be closed and some will be open. Mm-hmm. I'd actually love to get, I think there's 16 in the set. Mm-hmm. Get 16 3D printed closed doors and 16 3D printed archways that are open. Because I think that, instead of those little tokens, would add a huge amount to the table mm-hmm. in terms of giving it some three-dimensionality. Because you get the miniatures on there, you get yeah. grave markers and you get... Um, mysterious objects and all those yeah. things in three dimensions and then you've the got the
0: mysterious objects were really cool
1: and then you get these 2D board based yeah. tokens for the doors and I get that they have to do that there's only so much plastic that'll go yeah. in the box and so much money and everything else but I remember HeroQuest having those 3D open mm. and closed doors yeah. and I can't help but think that those would add another
0: well i tell you what when we play on Monday we'll play it with uh, however many open or closed Lego doors
1: I've got my old, old, old set of EuroQuest with all the doors. I'll figure that out. That that. will be better than Lego doors? Yeah, 100% that will be better than Lego (laughs) doors. Uh,
0: Fine. Here I am trying to bring Lego into it. (laughs) This is cheaper than Lego. (laughs) You said it yourself. I did. I stand by it.
1: Yep. Um, And then look, we should point out on the price tag, $290 for the box does sound like a lot. And it is a very much a luxury thing at the moment all though board games are luxury things but unless uh,
0: of course you listen to the prime minister last year when you know we were going into lockdown and he told everyone to go out to Kmart and buy some board games in which case they were a necessity but yeah. yes all board games i think are a luxury item
1: but unlike a lot of this sort of game where you have to expansion after expansion after expansion this is a box in itself there are no expansions for it there is no yeah. it's a one and done price I feel like it could have very easily gone into expansion territory like Blackstone Fortress did.
0: I'm really pleased that it didn't. Mm. I like that when, yeah, these are one and done. Uh, And I was just going to say, so, you know, I do often make fun of um, games that are available at local retail stores, uh, as in like chain stores, saying that they are getting more and more. They're getting better. Yeah, um, what I call a proper board game at those stores. Not Connect 4 or Monopoly. Yeah, yeah. But I was looking at you know the escape rooms. Yep. They now do an escape room in a box, which I think I think was something like forty five dollars. But it's a one and done. Yeah. So you're paying forty five dollars for one and done. This game, yeah, okay, yes, it's six times as expensive. Um, but it's how many times are you going to use it? Well, like I said, or if you actually want to, if times, you want to do what I've just said and yeah.
1: play it through properly, it takes t-
0: it down to fifteen dollars a turn,
1: if that. It could be less.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, you know, if you're looking at 15, 15 games in order to get there, you're looking at about $15 each game. Yeah. Five of us playing, that's $3 a turn.
1: Pretty good. Hmm. And then you've got, obviously, the hobby side of it, if you want to go down that road. We played it unpainted today because we just wanted to play it. Um, but if you get enjoyment from the hobby side of painting miniatures, then you've got that whole other aspect attached to it where you can yeah. make them your own.
0: There's not much you can do as far as the you know putting them together.
1: No, they are they are very the way they. I tell you what, building particularly the skeleton warriors is really ingenious how they get all that three dimensionality of the broken robes and mm. because they've been very clever in how the snap fit pieces yeah. go together. The um the heroes are pretty standard, um, Where is... It? there he is, um, Gulario the Noble has this weird assembly section because of. Because I've got his sort of um, jacket on one shoulder and off the shoulder on the mm-hmm. other. There's so much three-dimensional... Like, you couldn't do that in plastic 20 years ago. Yeah. But now there's all these weird interconnecting pieces inside him and he's in about eight pieces. And you look at it and go, how does that click, 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 click? Oh, wow. And you suddenly have this model that just wouldn't have been achievable 15 years ago. Yeah. And the fact that it's in a board game, in theory, that's on a, on a gaming store's shelf... Mm. You would never have had models like this in a game like that. Yeah. Um, And you go back to those days of the early Warhammer Quest Mm. and... um, was a piece of
0: cardboard in a slot.
1: Most of those were metal models back in the day that you bought that were one piece, glued to a base and done. Whereas this is skirting that line between board game and, um, you know, table game. Yeah. I will mention the box also came with the data sheets for every model to use in Age of Sigma. Oh cool it is completely worthless because Age of Sigma 3 came out recently mm. but <laughs> all the there were data sheets in it I don't know whether they work with Age of Sigma 3 um, Unlikely. but it was they gave you that in the box yeah. so they clearly intended for you to go oh cool so uh, not, not so much the heroes I definitely feel like all of the the evil minions combined with the fact they released the vampire range mm. immediately afterwards and you get an evolved version of Radicar and so on yeah. It definitely feels like, hey, you can you can use this in your Age of Sigma Vampire army. It all goes there. You mm. go, go for it. So I really appreciate the fact they've done that, and I'll be interested to see whether those um, whether there's points in the General's Handbook. I didn't actually check because I've only just remembered they got the data sheets. Mm. But if there's points in the General's Handbook for them, that'd be really interesting. Yeah. So as a game, I really enjoyed it. I was really impressed. Me too. Um, it didn't feel to get bogged down in anything too complex or rulesy. It didn't stop flowing. Nope. If that puppy doesn't quiet up, you're all going to have to deal with it.
0: (laughs) We've got one puppy that's um, jumping around and we've got a dog that's having nightmares.
1: (sighs) And then the bird dive-bombing me. It's been an interesting recording session. Yeah,
0: it has. Um, No, and look, you're right. We did go for about two hours and... I didn't realise it was two hours. No, neither did I. Normally, you know,
1: after I've, the first hour, you start going, "Oh,
0: jeez." Yeah, you know, like my ideal game length is about forty minutes, but actually, I was engaged for the whole two hours.
1: All like our youngest got up and danced whenever she killed something. She did, um, which yes. was the the only time anyone left the table. Yes. She
0: did have to do a victory dance. The first time she did a victory dance was just because she inflicted one point of damage. Yep, she did damage. And we came up with a rule that actually you had to to kill it before you did a victory dance. Uh, Because that's, you know, we're good parents. (laughs) (laughs) Parenting 101, when you kill something, you get up and do a victory victory dance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear me. Join us for more parenting tips next week.
1: (laughs) It's parenting goals right there, people. (laughs) <laughs> when your daughter playing the Holy Priest of Sigma after using her thrice-blessed thrice mace of dom- dam- domination smites a skeleton in the face and then gets up and does a victory dance to organ music played on the, um, the electric keyboard. <laughs> No. She was. She was in the zone.
0: She she really was. <laughs> and then at the end, when we managed to uh, all escape, know, well, we all escaped. That was, you know, that was a victory dance and a half, wasn't
1: it? It was. Well, she got to kill a zombie and then break a gravestone to stop more zombies spawning. Yes. Like she did a lot that last turn. She did.
0: Yep. She deserved. That. And she
1: got an inspiration point as well at the end. So, yeah. You know, she um.
0: She deserved her victory dance yeah. then.
1: Yeah. And the fact that we can play it again tomorrow or the day after mm. with different characters if you want to.
0: Yeah, and we could have done it this afternoon.
1: If we yeah, you know, if
0: we weren't recording,
1: we would have played again. We yeah. would have played again. So yeah, it's there's a lot of it that reminds me of the olden days of Hero Quest as a kid, and I'm really hoping that regardless of what what we get from the new Hero Quest when that to bloody dogs um I don't know how much of it's actually been picked up by the mics, but she's she's sat in the corner yapping at us. Um the
0: Our big dog is on the couch and he's so he's a seventy kilo mastiff and he's on the couch and she's a nine hundred gram Japanese chin, which is basically just like a pumpkin. Yep. And she's trying to jump up at the couch to get him to get down and play. And, and he's, he's looking just, at like, her going, No.
1: So right. it's our it's our kids yapping at us trying to play Curse City again. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I think the um, I think this is a game that we will play more than like, I can I could easily have seen this being a game that we set up. We played once and went, oh, this is like right.
0: that was two hundred and ninety dollars that we'll never get back. Well, <laughs> or two hours of our life we'll the, never get back.
1: Do you remember the Horace Heresy board game I bought? You got me years ago as a, a present.
0: Let's say yes.
1: Okay. I think I've I'm played very that very generous. I think I've played that twice. You are ungrateful. All that look, the books that are in it are fantastic. They give you all the history of the Horus of the siege of rara. You get very basic miniatures in it mm. and it's massively complex. Yeah. I mean stupidly awkwardly complex. Mm. So that the first playthrough that we have I ever got was with friends mm. and we didn't finish the game. Yeah. Because it got so cumbersome. That it would have taken us four or five, six hours to complete, and the rules were just overload. Yeah. The book was, I think the rule book was like 80 pages. 40K doesn't have that.
0: Yeah, well, it does, but yeah. But you
1: know what I mean? Like, it, it, none of it felt intuitive. Yeah. This, do I think that the dice with special symbols on them were needed? No. They could have used a standard D6, a standard D8s, and standard D12s, and just instead of Putting the one people the, or two or that yeah, just vibes. said on a five plus, on a seven plus, on a six plus, whatever number yeah. they could have done that. But you know what?
0: Especially because they used four plus somewhere else
1: for the uh, active for the actions. You have yeah. to use the the dice the, the dice four plus. Yeah. yeah. So they could have done that with the all the combat dice yeah. and all the yeah. uh, action rec- action. Uh, uh, they call them combat dice, but they're used for um, resolving actions. Yeah. But at the same time, having now played the game, I appreciate that there are symbols, because for someone who isn't a gamer who's yeah, used to looking for simple. looking for threes or looking for fives yeah. or whatever, you go, "Cool! If I get a pip, I hit. Yeah. If I get two pips, it's He's a critical." <laughs> and that's that made it like. We said the eight-year-old went, cool, I'm looking for, I'm looking for black two. dots. As yeah. long as I get black dots, something good happens. Yeah. If I don't get black dots... I cry. ...something bad happens or nothing, <laughs> well, nothing happens. Or nothing happens, yeah. Sometimes but something next bad turn, happens. I <laughs> <gonna> happen. <laughs> so, it felt... It didn't feel like you needed a maths degree to figure it out. It didn't feel...
0: And I think because of the way that it, it's, it's almost like a slow-grow kind of thing. You know, you're learning it. You start nice and easy and then... It gets harder as you're developing more skills and as you're learning the game. So, you know, for me coming in brand new, it felt doable. It's not like I went into something that felt stupidly complex that seasoned gamers couldn't finish. Well,
1: I've played some fairly heavy high-end board games over the years and the Horace Heresy one broke me. I couldn't – I would have to sit down – and lay it all out and play it by myself for hours to figure it out. Yeah. This we set up and played in a couple of hours and everyone wants to have another go at it. Yeah. And I think a- and as
0: well, you know, for some of the board, when we've had board game nights with friends, off, you know, we did this today at lunchtime till two o'clock in the afternoon and we were playing with our children. So very different. But when we play board games with friends, often it's, you know, we have a couple of drinks and have a bit of a laugh and a chat and that kind of thing. And there are some games that you think, okay, well, we can't start drinking until after we finish this mm. game because we need everybody needs all of their wits about them yep. and you need to stay sober for three weeks beforehand. We you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Whereas this one, it does feel like you could probably have a social drink while you were doing it as well.
1: There's is- definitely elements of other games in it as well. So if you aren't a brand new novice, mm. there are parts of like the activation dice thing straight out of Blackstone Fortress. Now, mm. I'm sure it's been used somewhere else prior yeah. to that. Um, but even that component of it, you roll four dice at the start of the turn, you put them on your card in the four spaces, and you know that if I want to use, I have to use, it. if I want to walk, I have to use at least one dice with a one or higher on it. Mm. Doesn't matter what I roll. Like I can roll four ones and I can move four times. Like, you know, you're always going to be able to do something with Mm. those dice. You can always do something. And the fact they give you that pool of um, destiny dice as well, Mm. the black dice that the leader rolls at the start of the turn, you get a pool of dice. Yeah. If you roll unique numbers, you put them in the destiny pool. Any doubles or triples or anything else come out. Come out.
0: Unless your leader happens to roll a one on the... Um, and then you don't get destiny dice at all, at all on, the dice on, the event. on the event. When you really, really needed them. Yep. Thanks, child.
1: <laughs> so... Um, you know, even I was there
0: going, I don't think you rolled that right. Did that land straight? <laughs> we were using a dice straight, which, by the way... I didn't. I have never seen the appeal of dice tray before. Until I will today. never play a game without dice tray again. Well, I'm not just saying that because we sell them.
1: But. I'm. I'm going to get. Um. Because we've got a. We've probably still got a couple of dozen of the obsec ones. Mm. I'm actually going to go and get four of them. I get five of them actually, yeah. and I'll put them in the box. Yeah. So that every player gets their own. Yeah. Dice tray. You're
0: passing one dice tray <laughs> around between us, and in between, like you kind of go, oh, I can't be bothered waiting for it. I'll just roll it. No, I'm not rolling on a table again.
1: No, because it contains it. It stops yeah. the noise and it gives you a result immediately. Yeah. So there Yeah, you go. so
0: sadly, you know, he did roll it in a dice tray so there was no way that he, <laughs> it wasn't flat. It flattened. wasn't flat, it was actually it yeah. was a one. But anyway, so sorry Destiny Dice.
1: So those Destiny Dice also mean that if you have rolled really low and you can't do anything particularly spectacular. And most of the characters will fight on a two plus and move on a one plus Mm. and that sort of thing. So it's going to be super rare Mm. unless you're critically wounded. Like you've taken two or three Grievous Wounds and you're only rolling a couple of dice Mm. so that you're only getting a couple of actions. And then suddenly you roll a pair of ones and you go, oh, great. (sighs) Yeah, but
0: still most of us had something that we could do on a one.
1: Yeah, well, everyone can walk on a one.
0: Everyone can walk on a one. But there were, uh, you know, often melee that you can do on a one as yeah. well.
1: ones or twos generally. Some of the character, like the wizard I think only does it on twos mm. and um, his gaze of death is only on a four and that sort of thing. But uh, if you do end up in a situation where you need to do something that you can't do because your terrible role, yeah. the destiny dice always, are there yeah, that you... you can... Generally, you'll have a dice there that you can use if you yeah. desperately need to achieve something. Or um, you
0: desperately need to run away. Yes. <laughs> or you desperately need to get from one end of the board to the other to get off the table. Yes.
1: So it does sound like we've, we've kind of meandered through this. We've not really given any direction.
0: That's very unlike
1: us. It is. It is a really good game. Mm-hmm. It is one worth checking out if you can find someone who has a copy. If you've got a copy yourself and you haven't bothered to break it open, do it. It's yeah. worth it. It was worth the wait. The models took me probably three nights back-to-back assembly because I was just kind of meandering through them. I did them logically, of course. I did all my best favourite models first and then had to slog my way through the skeletons and zombies at the end. When reality says, start with the minions, which are the easy ones, and then do the good models last, the instruction manual starts with the good models first. So,
0: Well, I think that could go either way. Sometimes, start with the good models while you've got your concentration at its highest. Or other times, start with the easy models so that you can practice and learn and then build up your skills to the harder ones. Yeah, us. look, that's true. So, you know, you've got the skills. You were doing it while your concentration was at its highest. You mm. cho- you chose well. Good work. I just wanted to build the Gold cool models. Gold star for you. Yeah, I know that.
1: And look, you know what? I didn't even start with the first model. Do you know what I started with? The Arata. Because <laughs> it was a separate sprue with the ogre and the yeah. dwarf on it. And I wanted to clear the sprue. So, if I lost the Arata... It was all good. It was all fine. <laughs> so I cleared sprue after sprue after sprue after sprue mm-hmm. after sprue. What I should have done, though, when I'd done the characters, was go to the monsters and yeah. do the sort of the minions first mm-hmm. and then work towards the vampires. Because by the time I'd built the vampires, I was looking at 10 skeletons and 10 zombies and six giant rats and six bat swarms and all the two or three piece pieces mm-hmm. that were just going to be cumbersome to clip off and clean. Yeah. I just kind of went, oh, I don't want to do this. All right, let's just keep doing it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, yeah, look, the... Um, yeah,
0: our son did text me and go, he hasn't even cleaned these models. <laughs> Has he not? That's interesting. <laughs> I did so? Every yeah. single model? Yeah, you um, have now, not when he just texting. No. Me.
1: There was a... The, the, I did look at the zombies and go, I'm just going to cut these off and stick them together and then, yeah, went over them with the knife properly. Mm-hmm. But... It's um it's interesting because I'd built the age of Sigma Dominion models prior to that which are also snap fit and the curse city ones obviously the curse city models came out before Dominion yeah but I imagine the production timing on both of those boxes would have been pretty pretty similar mm. because they're not that far apart. Um, the curse city models came together generally speaking easier than the Dominion ones, Mm. despite being Snapfit and everything else. The Dominion ones probably needed more cleanup than the Cursed City did, just because of the way they'd put the the sprue marks and that sort of thing on them. But detail-wise, I don't think there's any difference. I think they're pretty comparable. Yeah, I'd say the same. These aren't board game pieces. These are tabletop miniatures in a board game, which is really good. I'm Mm. glad we... like. Uh, I don't think you've ever seen Hero- the original HeroQuest miniatures. Um, they were done, the HeroQuest was done by Milton Bradley in conjunction mm. with Games Workshop. Mm. The miniatures were single-piece plastics. The only model that was multi-part was the gargoyle, who was in two pieces, three pieces, his head, his wings, and his body. Mm. And in, in my my 10-year-old brain thought they were amazing. <laughs> As an adult, I look at them now and I'm absolutely appalled that <laughs> because they were board game pieces. They yeah. weren't miniatures mm. it sparked my imagination at the time and moved us to where we are today Yeah, but it goes to show now that the technology has come so far that there's no games production like no high end games system is ever going to release those sorts of models again mm. because the expectation from the community is so high because of people like Games Workshop and you know we've got the new version of HeroQuest coming mm. out from Hasbro which are again very high detail miniatures that you couldn't do. I mean, uh, the zombie side's a great example. Yeah. The zombie side's a few years old now. Yeah. And those miniatures, when you look at them, they're board game pieces. They're not Yeah, but they're still miniatures.
0: You know, I think about games that I played when I was growing up, and I don't even know how to describe them. It was kind of like a plastic base with two little bits that stuck up. Yeah, yeah. The- and in between it, you stuck a piece of cardboard that had. You know, a character's face on the one side and a character's yeah. back on the other side, and that was your character. So, you know, that's not that long ago. As much as we joke about the fact that we're old, we're not that old.
1: <laughs> no, that is true. That,
0: that was quite standard, and yet now you look at something like Zombicide and go, oh, you know, it is a bit. It doesn't really match up, does it? No.
1: So there, I've just got a, a very grainy photo, but a photo mm. nonetheless of the original Hero Quest yeah. miniatures. They're on rectangular bases which are attached to the miniature and they're not hugely detailed. No. You can tell what they are. There's the Mm. barbarian with the big sword and the wizard and the elf and the dwarf and the goblin and the orc and Mm. so on and so forth. And then when I grab... So I've got a uh, a photo here of the painted versions of the four characters and a couple of non-models. But, you know as a painter, if you were skilled enough, you could put eyes on them and you could detail them. Yeah. As a child, I painted these with, um, to oil paints. Mm-hmm. So they're never being stripped because whatever strips that paint will melt the plastic <laughs> underneath. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're, a, um, I suppose, a piece of my history when it comes to painting. And then when they showed off the new miniatures, for the example, for the Barbarian, he's... Clearly going to have to be multi-part based on his pose because there's a gap between... He's still holding the sword two-handed like he was in the original, but it's no longer up against his chest Mm. with his elbows tucked in because it's all one piece. This is going to have to be a multi-part model.
0: And I know, but check out how big his feet are.
1: (laughs) He does have really big feet.
0: You know what they say, big feet, big shoes. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't have big shoes. He's got no shoes. He's got no shoes. (laughs) You know,
1: and... When you start going through and looking at some of the new miniatures that are coming along for the new version of the game, these are tabletop miniatures. These aren't board game pieces anymore. Yeah. And that's what on earth is she wearing? She's going out for a picnic. She's a druid. This is one of the new characters from HeroQuest.
0: Yeah, it's not what I would have expected for a druid. She looks like she's gone out for a picnic. She's got shorts and a jumper on.
1: So I'm, and Curse City kind of reminded me a bit of HeroQuest. Yeah. Because unbeknownst to me back then Hero Quest you did have a dungeon master who kind of ran the monsters mm. and that sort of thing but ultimately as kids whoever was running the bad guys just tried to kill as many heroes as possible that was the sole goal and if mm. someone was on one wound and everyone else was fully healed you'd go around those to try and kill your mate with the one wound Oh no we were vicious we were cruel
0: oh, this is the difference between <laughs> boys and girls yeah <laughs>
1: This game still reminded me of HeroQuest because it was still meant to be cooperative. The difference was that you didn't need the DM if you didn't have to, like you didn't want it. And there was more incentive to play as a team because everything at the end of the game swapped and changed Mm -hmm. and all the rest of it. In HeroQuest, you would quite happily, I want to be in the treasure chest first because I want whatever's in there and you know that sort of stuff. And maybe that's just... An age thing that I experienced. I think it's as a, your personality, you know. <laughs> and, and, and my mates at ten years old, I suppose. Um, whereas this this felt cooperative, yeah, and I really it. enjoyed that. So um, I'm very much looking forward to playing this again. Mm-hmm. And when we do finally get the new version of Hero Quest, I'll um, have to get that out, and we'll have a game with that as well to see what you think and compare the two.
0: Depends. Are you going to be hideous and jump around things to try and kill us? <laughs> <laughs> You're not selling it.
1: Well, it depends. I don't know what the new rules are like. Whether they've got cooperative in it, or whether they've got um, monster reactions, or anything. I don't know what they've done. Mm. I backed it because it's your request. Mm. Um, you know, we'll see. And if they do release expansions for Curse City, I expect it would have only mainly been heroes and yeah. that sort of little stuff, like they did with the Amble and that sort of yeah. thing with. Um, uh, Blackstone Fortress, which is all now discontinued, which was part of the Warhammer Quest series, which is a bit disappointing. I've just seen Warhammer Quest Curse City on Amazon for $432. Oh,
0: see, we got a bargain.
1: Technically, I suppose we did. <laughs> Keep t- oh, and it's plus $35 delivery, so it's nearly $500. Is it worth
0: $500? We've only played it once, it's too early yeah, to i
1: you. Yeah, I'm not convinced that it actually yeah. would be. Um. You know it's, yeah, it's it's a rough one. It is. It, so looking at the description on Amazon, it says um, cooperative, solo or up to all with up to three friends, um, unpainted miniatures requiring assembly, um, two to three hours per session. Ages twelve plus.
0: Well, you know, twelve plus or right. Yeah, she got into it. Yeah.
1: So if you do have a copy of Warhammer Quest, break it out, have a play. It's definitely worth trying. Um, I'm going to watch the Learn to Play video, which is on the Curse City website. There will be a link in the show notes if you want to go and watch that video as well. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you whether it's worth watching. No,
0: because we, haven't, we watched haven't watched it. We haven't watched
1: it. Um, but it is worth getting through. Um, follow through the rule book has how to play your first game, how to set it all up, what all the tokens are, all that sort of stuff. And play through it and let, let us know what you think. Mm. Who's your favorite character? How did you go? Have you died yet? (laughs) Um, If you have finished it, please don't spoil what's in the envelope. If you've opened it before you've even finished it, we really want to keep that as a surprise.
0: So Luke on um, our Facebook page was saying that he has played it and he's got a, um, what did he say?
1: Oh, He had like a a character tracker.
0: Yeah, dashboard. Yeah. That'd be the word, wouldn't it? So I'm really interested to see what the dashboard looks like.
1: I'm imagining that um, it's to help you maintain all that sort of character in-between game stuff. So I haven't even looked and delved into that what's available from the community at that point, mm. but it's definitely worth, I suppose, having a look around to see what there is. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing which we'll finish this segment up with before we come um, to close this off, we were talking about doing, um, I suppose, like an RPG session with Curse City and recording it. Mm-hmm. So getting the models to a table-ready standard or better and then putting a camera in front of the table with the four of you, so the, our three children plus you, with me pseudo-DMing it, running mm-hmm. the bad guys and managing the score and all that sort of stuff and recording it and putting it on YouTube. And we'd love to know if that's something you guys would be interested in watching, watching the series as the characters go up in levels. We can put some... Um, some animations and stuff to show characters going when they've gone up levels and um, when they've um, hit their path to glory and become um, uh, inspired because they uh, like war, how um, underworlds they can become inspired in this game. So, I like
0: to think I was really quite inspiring today by running away, oh, you know,
1: <laughs> or waddling away Just in general. <laughs> I think I'm
0: quite inspirational.
1: <laughs> so, and we did talk about doing. You know, just like one or maybe two games a month, um, probably one a month, because by the time it's played, recorded, and then edited and put together, it'd be one game a month. And you can watch the characters go through, gain levels, get relics and items and that sort of stuff. Um, one camera at the game, it's, well, at the table itself, and then one at the players. So we can alternate between the two views so you can see what's going on at the table and you can watch the reactions and responses of the players. Is that something you'd like to watch? And. We'd love to hear if it is, because then we would love to play through the campaign and show you our experience with it. And um,
0: a few practice games first. Yeah, we're going to do a few
1: practice and <laughs> obviously get some paint on the models first, but it's something we were talking about doing and playing it through from the very first game, mm-hmm. um, which we'll play the same scenario we did today, which is the first mission, The Hunt, and all the way through to trying to kill Radikar the Wolf. So let us know. If you want to watch that as a YouTube series, we will get underway and figure out a format for it and record it and it might take a year for you to see the end of it but um yeah let us know in the meantime we're going to wrap this episode up so i can edit it and get it all uploaded and then i'm going to watch the how to play cursed city video (laughs) and we'll be back how long's the video Uh, i don't know if i press play it's going to start recording it so okay let's not do that let's not do that (laughs) yeah um we'll be back in a second to wrap up the episode There is nothing quite like wrestling with a puppy while you're trying to record these videos.
0: Mm, It's tricky, isn't it? This isn't a video just so you know. it's just audio.
1: That's how distracted I am with this lovely little dog. Mm. Darling thing that's yapped all through the topic.
0: Not all through. Mostly. Mostly.
1: (laughs) So, to wrap this episode up, you mentioned earlier that I am going to a tournament tomorrow. You are. Uh, That is Exterminatus run by the Toy Soldier Cartel.
0: Yes, it is.
1: Uh, It's four games. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought it was only three. I'm going to be dead tomorrow. It's going to be so bad. Um, teach me to read things. Like a player's pack. I was about to say that.
0: Imagine if there was like a place where all the information about the event was put and a player could read it in advance and know what was coming up. Wouldn't that be amazing? Groundbreaking even. It would be. It would be. Now, imagine a world in which the players actually read, read that yeah. document. <laughs> That would be groundbreaking. Look, I read the
1: text message that Courtney sent me, which was, can you bring six tubs of OTP terrain? So I did that. They're in the car. Um,
0: Do we have six tubs of OTP terrain? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I'm also going to bring our new neoprene craters for everyone to have a look at Mm because the Bunbury people have seen it. Perth people haven't. Ah. They've seen my
0: amazing video.
1: They have. But we're going to have them there so you can have a good look at them in person Mm -hmm. and try them out. Um... I'm running my Drakari Beast list tomorrow, so I've got a bunch of Razorwing Flocks and Clawed Fiends to table ready. So we're going to try them out tomorrow.
0: Is that what you wanted to be running?
1: No. No. That's
0: what, Why didn't you
1: change it? Um, because I had to build six pain engines and then paint six pain engines and ten racks and six grotesques in the time.
0: And how much time was there?
1: A week. Instead, I built Curse City.
0: The answer was plenty. No, the answer was... was not plenty.
1: <laughs> but... No, that's a that's just a list for another day now. Mm. <laughs> I'm res- wrestling with the dog, and Emma's giving me these faces.
0: She's huge to be wrestling she's, with.
1: She's trying to get on the floor, and she's bothered the other dogs enough for tonight. Um. So yeah, we've got that tomorrow, mm-hmm. and then we move into the first of August, which is Winter Assault. Which tickets are on sale on the Obsec website right now?
0: And we're also we also
1: got. Uh, Bolt Action Dueling Aces happening on that weekend And Charity Hammer is also going to happen that weekend Yes
0: So that is our, our son's First event as well
1: Yep, so on Sunday He wants to play a game of 40k as well mm-hmm. At 2,000 points, so we're going to Finally get this mat sorted from Wailing yutani mm-hmm. and um, Try and get that game in as well as Coast City So it's going to be a busy day of games on Sunday hmm. And I've got to do shopping for school when they go back Although I can do that Monday Yeah and then straight after that, we hit WATC.
0: Not till September and not till the 10th and 11th of September. That's like eight weeks away. Yes, eight whole weeks away. <laughs>
1: That's why I'm, I've got a pile of MDF terrain from Amazing Forge around me at the moment that I've been messing around with, starting to build, and I've got to go to Bunnings get some paint.
0: Are doing that on Sunday as well?
1: No, that'll be Monday now. i got to play games. We'll see how Sunday goes. So, yeah. We're now heading into the tail end of the the year with tournaments for us.
0: It is July.
1: Second half of the year, and we go back to back. It is the
0: second half of the year, not the tail end. It It is is July, and it is the 16th of July. I'm
1: just going to say Winter Assault WATC doubles Spring Invasion Masters. Back Back to back to back to back to back to back to back.
0: There's eight weeks between now and WATC. Doesn't feel like it. We've got plenty of time. We just need to breathe. If anyone
1: wants to help us and build and paint a table of terrain, let us know. Um, We will supply the models. We will supply everything. You just, if you want to come around and help me do it on a weekend or after work one day, or if you've got some time off. During
0: work, if you happen to be a, um, you know, have an unusual working We're
1: going to have a whole bunch of MDF terrain to build and paint. And um, any help is much appreciated. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, If you're a patron of ours, um, we shared... You can
0: paint twice as much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You are so lucky. (laughs) We shared some sample terrain layouts that I've been dabbling with over the last few weeks for tournaments, specifically WATC. There's a light, a medium and a heavy, but they'll also translate into standard tournaments. Um, I've also given them to a couple of the teams in Perth as well. If you're interested in having a look at them and testing them out, hit us up and let us know and we'll supply it. Um, We'll... Take that feedback on over the next couple of weeks and then finalise it um, so that we can publish it before WATC. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, though, I think that's it for today. You got anything?
0: I'm just thinking.
1: As you reminded me, this isn't video, so you need to come up with a noise of some sort to tell us you're thinking. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's <was laughs> just going to make that dun- exact dun- same thing. Dun- <laughs> dun- I can't dun- think and dun- dun- make that dun- noise. Dun- Dun, 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 dun,
0: okay, stop, dun, I can't yeah. think. Um, have I got anything? No, I think we've covered everything. We're at 22 teams for WOTC now? Yes. So uh, 20,
1: 21 paid. The 22nd is in the system, Yeah, but they've just found out one of their team members has had to drop. Ah. I've given him six names of people who were ready to join the team, Step up. so we should have 22. Yeah. However, with all the lockdowns happening over east yeah, at the moment, we'll I with... don't know what that's going to mean for yeah. our Victorian and Queenslanders who are meant to be coming and joining us. Mm-hmm. We've still got eight weeks. Yeah. We've still got some time in between now and then, but um, that is something that's sort of sitting in the back of my mind that might be an issue. Mm. Um, so, I don't want to have a buy around if I can help it, mm. but um, that might be a reality we face if they have to drop out with late notice. Saying there that, are still some teams out there who haven't signed that's up. Exactly, what I was just going to say. I was s- say. speaking to um, Kurgan at Games Workshop or Warhammer in Dunlop, mm-hmm. and he said they might be able to put another team together up there. They're working on that at the moment, so. Yeah. So I think we'll got, see. 20, twenty to twenty, f- twenty to twenty-four is the number we'll end up with.
0: Yeah, so that's pretty much what I was going to say. We've still got a couple of spaces left, and we really would like to see another couple of teams in there so that we can, I guess, go one better than last year. Yeah.
1: Look, a hundred and twenty to a hundred and. 44 players (laughs) 160-ish we are going to have the extra rooms booked as well so Mm -hmm. we are going to have plenty of space yep so um, I
0: haven't quite worked out how we're getting the tables yet but we'll no one one step at a time
1: yeah Um, the extra terrain has been ordered so that's all good as well
0: Mm -hmm. so uh, most of the players are doing really well but if you're in the bottom however many teams you will be playing sitting on the floor
1: (laughs) (laughs) sticky tape marking out the tables
0: I don't know we've got the boards we just don't have no, the I tables don't, to we board. don't we don't have enough boards. It's going to be easier to buy boards than it is to buy <laughs> tables. <laughs> That's True. <laughs> so we can give you boards you just might have to sit on the floor Look, which quite honestly at the end of the um the this, end of the event being on the floor might be preferable.
1: This might actually be the first event where we have to pay more and hire Friday night. We'll see how we go. Yeah. We'll work that one out. Mm-hmm. At the moment, as long as it doesn't flood, that's the first. And oh, God, don't even say it. After we had to cancel the first Charity Hammer and move it, the um, the flooding, uh, they had three venues out of the 12 or something, they managed flood over that mm-hmm. period. And the oval that's attached to our Kelmscott venue that we normally run at for WHC, if you've been there before, was apparently an inch deep in water. So the It oval, was a massive quagmire.
0: The oval was an inch deep in water for Kelmscott, but also down at the bottom. So um, The river at the bottom of the hill? It was all the way up to the pagoda so yeah it had
1: blown its banks and it was everywhere yeah yeah,
0: um, it was we don't you know we don't get much rain
1: we had 60 mils in like an hour or something it was yeah. ridiculous the
0: drains here just they're just not they, made for it no, they didn't you don't cope. get it very often no so um, when it does happen it's a bit you know <laughs> it was it was noteworthy for us yeah but uh, apparently, they don't make roofs to withstand it either. <laughs> no, the
1: amount of people who in new houses—I mean, we had a couple of leaks, but we, I know people in new houses who had massive leaks, and it was like, holy crap! And when they got on the roof, they couldn't find anything, and it was just because the gutters got so full so yeah, fast, they just, just didn't in. handle it. Yeah. So it is what it is. Mm. We're done for today. Thank you for okay. joining us on our meander through Curse City. We'd really love to know if you guys were interested in watching a series of us playing through the campaign to try and kill the Wolf King. And um, I have another thought kicking around in the back of my head for that series if people are interested in watching it. And if that does eventuate and people are keen to see it happen, then I'll throw the second curveball in and um, we'll announce that on the next episode. In the meantime, we're done.
0: Happy gaming, everyone.
1: you've been listening to the Objective Secured podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can visit our website, objectivesecured.com.au. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook forward slash Objective Secured, or you can email us, obsec at optusnet.com.au. Thanks for listening.